0: Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the question and answer session that followed my talk about the annual pass drip feed and why I like it. Why the content's not perfect. We do need better loot, better pursuits, but logistically speaking, I think this is better than the way they used to do it. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, I'm probably live right now, at uh, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. So stop on in, take part of the discussions and QA. We do these pretty much every day. So if you've enjoyed this content in those various places, come on in and hang out with us, twitch.tv slash say no to rage, or follow me on Twitter at say no to rage and you can interact with me there at as well, So basically what I said in the talk was if you're going to game as hobby, this is kind of what you want. This enables you to engage with Destiny on a regular basis and stay invested. That's better for Destiny as a whole as well as just your experience as a gamer. I'm not telling people how to play, but I do think being withholding and drip feeding the content is better for our experience as well as just the content uh, in general. So I'm going to jump in to the questions right away here. Uh, Avenge 86 why do you think Anthem will appeal to a smaller audience than Destiny? I'm going to let this question ride, and I'm going to answer it. I answered this before the talk, but it really was, I think, a good discussion, and it highlights some of the reasons uh, that I don't think Anthem is going to have the broad appeal, uh, and this concerns me because of the budget behind it and the marketing and everything else. I think it's going to be a good game, and I think it's going to appeal to a smaller, more sort of, cult following niche audience the way we've seen around other games like division and warframe and my thought process is this anthem is aiming to be a similar style game as of destiny where you as i've said many times you game as hobby you log in each week and you have things that you just you really like checking off those boxes and doing those things okay so you want to capture an audience that enjoys that. And the reason that I think Destiny has done such a good job capturing both the casual audience as well as the hardcore is because it kind of it it, it hits that low floor of entry of enjoyable, fun feeling you feel awesome in destiny it's one of the most satisfying shooters in existence just the way the guns handle the transition to third person for the supers you just you feel amazing I'll never forget the first time I saw the Nova Bomb animation I was like I have to play that game and then just the animations for reload the headshots the numbers popping up there is something magical about destiny you feel cool when you play destiny and the reason that's important is because that creates the broad appeal and that's very that's that's an important entry point i think for a game if you want to have a broad audience if you want people playing the game each day each week investing in that grind now the the other layer that's important here is the loot is part of what makes you feel awesome i just got geomag stabilizers so I feel even cooler when I pop Chaos Reach. Hitting headshots with this hand cannon feels really nice, and the vast reload from Feeding Frenzy feels nice. So, not just the chase of the loot and acquiring the loot, but acquiring certain kinds of roles and types of perks, all of that is sort of tied to me feeling cool in the game, okay? I think third-person shooter games third-person style games struggle with that immersion and feeling like everything you chase and use is an extension of yourself which is why i think a lot of people will play a game like anthem week or two they'll kind of be like yeah i've, I've seen and heard that neat it's just another third-person space shooter And they don't feel like their character is an extension of themselves people get so passionate about guns and nerfs and supers and armor and how they look and feel in destiny because they do feel like the guardian is an extension of them as well as it it, it represents their time in the game the gun they use the role they got the raid armor they have etc so when i look at anthem I just see similar things that I've seen in other games that fail to capture the broad audience and a lot of it does center around the third person style. I also just think the style of grind and the content loop is if you don't feel cool, people are going to get bored very fast because I said this about Monster Hunter. The content loop of Monster Hunter didn't hook me. There was depth, there was upgrades, there was really cool grind, there was crafting, like that you could play completely different styles with the, you know, the different weapons. And it had all the marks of a game that should have really you know, been one that I enjoyed, but I didn't like the content loop. I got bored fighting the mons. Well, if you don't like fighting mons, you can't play Monster Hunter. You're, you're, it just isn't going to work. I recommended that game to people, even though I didn't enjoy it, because of uh, I saw the quality was there. I saw the style of game that it could be, and the you know it could really you know you could really scratch that itch of wanting that style of of grind and game. And so I could I could freely recommend it to people, even though I didn't play it myself. Okay. So that's like a big long like multi-layered answer as to why I think there's something magical about Destiny and why I think games like Anthem will struggle. I believe it will struggle to capture a broad audience. And you might say, "Well, who the frick cares if the game is good?" There's a couple of reasons you should care about that game appealing to a broad audience. Number one is if it's meant to be a gaming as hobby game that's invested in over the years with expansions, DLC, drip feed content, who knows? Well, then you have to have an interested and a captured player base. And if margins aren't being met and sales projections aren't getting hit, it can hurt the funding in the future of the game if they say like we didn't envision this being a game where x number 100 of 1000 are are engaged each day we were wanting this to be a broad audience big good engaged good purchased game as far as you know DLC microtransactions and the like and so whenever you play anthem if a month or two later you know a lot of your friends in the broad the broad more casual style audience has kind of walked away that could spell trouble for future plans of that franchise investors are very risk averse and if they see a game that they invested lots of money main stage e3 commercials etc all that money all that marketing and it doesn't capture that broad audience they were marketing to then it's very easy for them to just got the game cut the funding i mean read up on what happened to the blizzard dlc plan for diablo 3 after reaper of souls like go read that and it'll it kind of makes your stomach turn you're like oh my gosh there could have been really really good content for diablo 3 beyond reaper of souls and it got freaking canceled similar things could happen i believe to anthem that's a really long answer but i wanted to treat the answer and the subject with respect because I'm just trying to be honest. I benefit from games like that doing well on Twitch. I'm just trying to have integrity to be like, I'm not going to try and like blow a bunch of smoke and make the game seem better than it is because I want it to do well on Twitch. I feel like a lot of content creators have done that recently and have praised and hyped up games that were bad and didn't do well at launch and didn't and, and weren't and weren't very good games. And it calls into question, I think, you know, can you trust their opinion on things? I've continued to try to always divorce my bias from the subject, whether it's leveling, infusion, uh, or in this case, do I think Anthem's going to be good or not? So, uh, G Inks says, for drip feed content, do you think they should make more quests for armor or weapons along with the new activity? I mean, I definitely think quests can be a really good way to drag content out a little bit. You just have to be careful that you don't create you don't create grind that is, that is frivolous or meaningless. So like right now I'm continuing to buy the frame. You know, I go and get the frame from her. I come here to both get the, get the headshots as well as the seeds. And it's a, it's a, it's a fast, it's a fast one. Now that I have the, all the headshots, we probably should be going a much, much faster uh, because we want to, we want to basically run this twice for the modulus reports. Right. I, I, I I can enjoy a grind like this because it doesn't feel frivolous it doesn't feel intentionally tedious now going to the tower stinks and and that feedback has been passed along by Cosmo you know he indicated on reddit that that has been passed along that constantly going back to Ada feels unnecessary so thank you hopefully they can make you know a change and a pivot there but if you're making me go through a ton of hoops for one piece of armor that then rolls random and doesn't have the, you know, doesn't have the, the role that I want, that can be pretty, that can be pretty frustrating, I think. And you don't want to take people through hoops like that. So if you're going to do questline for armor pieces and stuff, you would need it to be either loopable. So you could keep going back for the rolls that you want, uh, or have it. You know, maybe be. Obviously, this would mean they'd have to make exotics. You can't just make exotics out of thin air, but maybe have it be like an exotic. Maybe have it be a curated role. So you know what you're chasing, right? That would be my feedback on that. I'm not opposed to it, but I think sometimes quest line things like that can feel frustrating because you're like, well, you know, I did all this and got like a some chintzy piece of armor that just doesn't feel, you know, worth it in in the grand scheme of things. And man, that, that grind took a really, really long time. And then it can especially feel that way if while you're, you know, while you're grinding for it, you could be doing other things. You almost feel like you're, you're, you're not even robbing Peter to pay Paul. You're robbing Peter and Paul. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you're not even getting. You don't feel like you're really getting a good return on your investment. Um, so I sh- I'll get two from this one, which will take me to five. We need to do one more because I'm going to end up at. I'm going to end up at, an, a, at a weird number. We need to do one more here really fast. Rusty, I don't have tons of gaming time, and like to play other stuff too. I feel. A free portion of the annual pass is great because it allows me to play Destiny at my own pace. I only beat Last Wish once. Haven't done Shatter Throne. The drip feed is good for hardcore players, while the free portion allows casuals to continue enjoying Destiny without having to pay up. I think Bungie is finally offering a workable solution for casual and hardcore players alike. I'd like to see a better drip of, drip of vendor. Yeah, I think something they need to consider here is they have, a, they have lots of loot pools, guns, armor, and vendors that could be a little bit of a salt uh, you know a little bit of a salt and a seasoning uh each each deliverable right so something they should consider doing in maybe january or february is say hey we're 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 going to bring one person's loot pool forward we're going to bring a handful of guns forward on the EDZ and the armor forward so if you really want that armor set with mod slots and the ability to do the new master working and all that and random rolls we're going to do that we're going to bring that stuff forward well, that would be a great way just to add more stuff to do. Now, a lot of that would feel cosmetic. You'd be like, well, I don't really care about the armor on the EDZ. Well, maybe you like the old fashioned, the call to serve or Hawthorne shotgun. And those aren't dramatically different weapons than weapons that are already in the game, but that's just one more layer of freedom. Get, I love the old-fashioned, and getting a really great role on an old-fashioned and slapping some of the new mods on it would be, I think, a worthy and a fun pursuit. And then it just adds a little bit more variety, a little bit more spice. You know, you're in you're in a raid or a nightfall or a strike with somebody, and you're like, yo, where did you get that gun? That old-fashioned's pretty dope, that's a great role." And they're like, oh, you know, I was grinding the EDZ activities to try to get it to drop. Uh, and then you could use my idea that I've said a great thing they could do every Tuesday, and a great thing they could do with all of their you know their existing vendors and their existing planets, is they could say, "Hey, this week the EDZ is dropping the." The Call to Serve and Hawthorne Shotgun, that's the increased drop rate. So if you're doing activities on the EDZ, you have a high chance of getting those. You could do the exact same thing with Gambit and the Crucible. You you rotate weapons that have a higher drop rate. That creates that rhythmic urgency and that farm. Like right now, I I, I know that this frame won't be available next week. So I'm trying to complete as many of these hand cannon frames as possible to get the roll that I want. Because I know next week there's going to be something else on the docket and they could do very very similar things with the planets and their vendors just slowly bringing them back and then having the loot rotate in drop rate and if that sounds too complicated and Bungie's like we can't really have different drop rates for the loot pools then you just do it like ada you just have a purchasable thing from devrim k and when you buy it from him with the, with the materials, once you have it, you you do enough activities on the EDZ to fill it up, and then it drops a it drops a, an old-fashioned. And then you do it again. You buy it from him, you do activities on the EDZ, it fills up, and it drops an old-fashioned. You just keep doing that until you get the role that you want, similar to how we do it with Ada, and that would be a fantastic way to get better life out of all your vendors from year one and all your loot from year one, because it's presently got zero importance in use in the game So, uh Zeleros, what would you think of using enhancement cores to potentially infuse the perks of an armor set into another armor set so if you have your preferred armor customization maybe infusing perks into year one right so you're basically saying man i love this set of gauntlets and it's got this perk that i like but it doesn't have hand cannon reloader this this gauntlet set over here does but i don't want to wear these you're kind of flipping transmog around um, and just changing the way that it's done. And I kind of like your way better than just traditional transmog because at the very least, at least people would be using the existing ideas and systems of infusion. So The idea wouldn't be you're changing the appearance of something, and then, obviously, that's the changing of the identity, right? Oh, I got a great roll on some gauntlets from Mars, but I'm going to I'm gonna transmog them and make them look like gauntlets from the raid. I've never liked transmog in Destiny for that reason. I think your idea is a little more fitting, because it's like, well, no, you're not changing the appearance. You're infusing the perk. Like, I got a great perk. Let me spend some money here uh, and infuse the perk. Now, the reason this also would work is... Enhanced enhanced perks only drop in some places, right? So, Dreaming City and the two raids are how you get enhanced, you know, reload perks and stuff like that. So you could still be grinding that content for those perks, but then you could say, I mean, I, I, I like enhanced hand cannon reloader, but I'm not a fan of the raid armor. I'm going to infuse enhanced hand cannon reloader into the gauntlets that I like wearing. You're still making the player go into the more difficult end game environments, uh, which which brings them into a place of thinking about like these are the best perks. It's like it's like an end game grind to get really really good guns. It's the same idea. You're still putting the best perks in the end game content, but you're giving that player that freedom. Now another thing they could do here is intrinsic raid perks then. I mean, I don't know if I'd want to do this. Like, as I'm saying, it, I don't like it, but you could give people... They were worried about people's freedom. People want to wear the armor they want to wear. That's why we're not doing raid perks. Well, I mean, if you could infuse the raid perk again... You're, you're still, you're still making the player go into the end game content to get those raid perks, but you're giving them the freedom to say, I'd rather wear these, this, this piece of armor instead. And it's not transmog. You're not changing the appearance of a piece of gear. You're infusing perks into it. And I know that might people might be like, you're just splitting hairs Lono. To me, that difference I think is important just because identity and place of origin i think matters i think where the loot comes from and what it looks like is important and if someone's like how did you get enhanced hand cannon reloader on those gauntlets you would at least have to say i got it in the raid and then i infused the perk you know i i i, borrow, I basically borrowed the perk <laughs> you know so next question chasma 34 why do you think they steered or i'm sorry Stranded away from raid-specific perks on armor when they did it for Leviathan, man, that was a well-timed question, right? I didn't know that was next. Uh, I'm not smart enough to, to 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 read ahead of time. I they they said they wanted people to have freedom. So I mean, I literally just touched on this. They wanted people to have freedom. So what happened? Would what I think in their mind would happen is people would basically get the raid armor and then feel like they had to wear the raid armor if they were going to raid like well i gotta run the raid armor because the raid armor has the raid perks and so they felt like end game was everybody wearing the same stuff everybody going into the raid wearing the same stuff the reason i've always been okay with that is because i've been a big proponent and a big advocate for contextual power so you go to the edz and if you get a full edz set maybe you get extra damage uh better drops better all your perks are a little bit stronger when you're on the edz and then if they did that obviously you would want a loadout system right you would want a system where folks are able to switch from their loadouts really quickly you're in the strike playlist all of a sudden you're on the edz you go into your loadout system and you click edz loadout and it changes all your armor right oh we're going to run out of room where there's no way we have room for all that in in the in our in our our, our storage and our vaults sorry i couldn't think of the word vaults well that's not really a reason to not give good features like they could figure out how to give us more vault space or something uh, i don't think that's a good enough reason so whenever whenever you look at raid gear being like oh this is the best gear for in the raid that's i don't know that's just never bothered me that's never bothered me. I think that's completely appropriate. But again, that's their mindset. So, I disagree with that mindset. I think raid gear should have contextual perks. So you use an entire raid set and you get a benefit in the game in the game i loved running a full wrath set and then feeling that benefit and then i had that that decision of i want to run starfire protocol i'm going to sacrifice the chess piece the chess piece makes me take less damage when i pick up a you know a, a charge a siva charge but i get the benefit of starfire protocol in the end just with tier it was a tier 12 maxed discipline throw speed i could throw fusion grenades as fast as i possibly could and it led to great damage numbers so we are struggling to get to the tower here i don't know if maintenance has started it wasn't supposed to start for like an hour nova hands hey lono dylan posted a tweet asking for feedback from solo players what do you think the chances are we'll see a new dungeon that offers a randomly rolled loot pool to chase Um, I would love to see that. I would love to see that. My concern for solo players is never that the game starts to be designed for them, but give them solutions, if that makes sense. I don't want content built for solo players. I think that's a mistake, okay? Too much of the game is built around the idea of having other people around. You want to do that for dungeons and have the solo challenge there for people? Great, fine, awesome, Go have a ball beating your head against the wall. I didn't mean to make that rhyme, but I did. Uh, I don't want the game built and changed for solo players. I just want you to be given solutions. Man, I was watching Lono use the Warden's Law hand cannon. I would love to grind for a uh, a Warden's Law in the Warden of Nothing Nightfall. But man, I, without without matchmaking, I just can't get in there. You know, I can't get inside. It just it just isn't happening for me. Well, I mean, matchmaking is a solution for that. Not having matchmaking, I don't think, he's defensible at that point, right? So, I, I just want solutions. I want solutions for the solo player, and that's why I take up for solo players. Now, solo queuing in Gambit, uh, there's not really a solution for you, I'm sorry. You're going into a team-oriented environment, it's built for communication, it's built for synergy, and you're going to lack that, right? Even if they try to match you against other solo players, you're still going to struggle and get frustrated. I don't know why, but I am I have really great luck aga- with not getting matched against stacks. When I run solo... I seem to get mostly solo players, but I have terrible luck with having players that know what the frick they're doing. Somehow, I'm always against a team of four solo players that are all gods that seemingly can read each other's minds, and I end up with the guy that keeps going for 15 and then dying with 15 motes and doesn't learn from his mistakes. Like, that's my team of randoms, and the other team of randoms are their, like, god tier, right? So, but, I mean, that's the best they can do is try to make you play... With other solo players as best they can right and if they if they do that if they do that there's not much else they can do They i don't want skill-based matchmaking i don't want a solo queue playlist those are things that hurt matchmaking that makes matchmaking take a long time and it ruins the experience of other players you know as long as there's no solo specific playlist in gambit uh, is Gambit's going to be an RNG nightmare for solos. Same with comp. Throw the dice every single time. Right. And it's the lesser of two evils. It's the lesser of two evils. As soon as you do a solo queue playlist, you're going to murder matchmaking for the other playlist because there's a bunch of doubles and single. There's a bunch of doubles and triples that need people on their team. There are singles that go in there that have no idea. They go in there by accident. Right. And matchmaking is going to take an eternity. You're punishing people for teaming up basically. It's the lesser of two evils. It's we either completely jack up matchmaking and make it take forever, which hurts people that are as a paired up as a duo, a triple, or even the even the four the four man stacks are going to just wait forever to play. That's one option. The other option is you're going to have bad games on a regular basis as a solo player, do your best and, you know, I guess try to team up with people, try and talk. But I think the reason they choose that lesser of two evils is because It's an objective-based game mode. Try to find people to play with and communicate. It's on you. It's not on Bungie. When Bungie makes a team-oriented game and you're going into a team-oriented game without a team, you are automatically, de facto, setting yourself up at a disadvantage. You don't have communication. You don't have synergy with your loadouts. You can't time things together. There's all kinds of things that you're missing out on. My friends and I would do that in Call of Duty. I mean, we went into Team Defender and Headquarters and other game modes that required team synergy and communication, and we never lost because solo queue players would just not even... They just didn't stand a chance. They were going into a team-based game mode, and it, it, they were going into an environment that was not built for them. It was It's built for, for synergy. And it's not really on Bungie to say well, we need to completely retool how the matchmaking works because people are going to come into an environment designed for teams without a team. I I just think you have to make the best, you know, make the best of it. And if Bungie can come up with solutions, then great. And if they do try to prefer you to play against other solo queues, that's great too. Again, you're still going to end up in those situations where you just cannot get your team to sync up. And that's just the nature of it. There are solutions in front of you to try to find teammates. You can use the chat. You can try to type and say, "Hey, let's get in the party chat. Let's team up. Let's try to communicate here. I don't really have anybody to play with Gambit with today, you know, to try to try to alleviate some of that pain. Sometimes it's on the player to alleviate the pain, and sometimes it's on Bungie. It to me, you having a hard time solo in Gambit is not a deficiency in design. It isn't. That's just kind of how it works. In any game that's team oriented going into comp solo is is the same thing right you go into comp solo you're going into an environment where it's just naturally going to have teams that are communicating and are organized and you will be at a disadvantage and that is that is something that is not on bungie to solve for you right that's just a a healthy pain that you can try to mitigate or don't play right If every time you go into Gambit solo, you have a bad experience. I mean, I made my cheeky tweet and my my solo queue Gambit guy was basically just don't do it. Like, that's how you play solo queue Gambit is by not solo queuing. And there were plenty of people that replied and said, I have a fine time when I solo queue. It's not that big of a deal. I don't take it that serious. There were other people that were like, I just don't care about winning, you know, which I think is kind of terrible. It's like, yeah, I just, I'm going to lose. I just accept it. I I don't, I don't think that's necessarily the attitude to take, but I do think that's part of the problem as well. There are people in there that are like, well, we're not going to win. I'm just trying to get my three milestones or my bounties done. And because of that, you have people in the mix that are basically playing poorly by design it's like well i'm only in here for the milestones i'm only in here for the bounty that's why they just keep religiously picking up 15 moats you know because they're working on a bounty that'll reward them with basically freaking nothing those bounties typically give you like what like a legendary drop i don't even think the powerful drop typically tells you to do that i think the powerful drop just the percentage fills the more you bank and the more you win which again i don't know why people would just keep banking fives uh fives and tens And invading. Invading gives you a lot of percentage on that one as well. Add on the hand. Lono, I feel that Bungie's move to help uh, progress players who fell behind on power leveling via increased prime engrams drops was a solid middle ground between making players suffer without just handing them off to the next level cap. Remember Spark of Light from D1. Do you feel this was the best means to make players actually play without the full-on grind? I mean, essentially whenever whenever a new cap comes out if you if you accept my premise and my premise is that the old cap doesn't matter and since the old cap doesn't matter getting people to the old cap quickly doesn't diminish anybody's experience and it doesn't hurt you know the integrity of the game or the integrity of the grind or the it doesn't disrespect what others have done if you if you accept my premise that the old if if, that the old cap doesn't matter then yeah I mean what they're doing is exactly what they should do just get people to 600 because 600 isn't even endgame level anymore it's base level so I posed this question the other day to somebody I said do you care that people can get to 335 and 400 really easily because you probably don't those are the old caps that's why you don't care so you know if the old caps truly don't matter both in both in practice and in execution of like the the community then getting people there quickly is a really really smart is a really really smart play the 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 thing to remember is the value and the pursuit for hardcore players has never been power and it's never been infusion ever this idea of arguing for infusion pain and leveling to be slow It's not even rooted in the behavior of hardcore players. They hit max level before anybody, you know, first week. It's not a value point for them. I mean, they hit it, they hit it so fast. It just evaporates. It's an evaporating, you know, value point very, very quickly for them so it doesn't translate as a value point for them so stop pretending that it does they're they're always they're doing what i'm doing right now they get into the loot pursuit they start chasing the guns they start chasing the rolls. they start chasing the the you know getting everything masterworked and fully decked out so that their entire you know their setup matches or they have the right perks for the right guns that they like using those those are the things that the hardcore players chase and honestly, I feel like if you could get more people into the end game and educating them, like I said, with that infographic of here's all the things in the game you can chase. Here's all the guns that are dropping this week in, in Gambit and in Crucible and on this planet and in this activity, you let players sort of get wooed by the loot, right? They get wooed by the loot and then they're like, oh, I can go chase this gun this week on this planet or in this activity. And they're not focusing so much on like, well, I hit max level, I'm done or I'll never hit max level. For a lot of people, that's where they land. Oh, once you're max level, you know, I, I, you know, it's over and it's done with. You know, I still don't agree with that, by the way. It doesn't matter. You disagreeing with me on leveling being streamlined doesn't matter. You're disagreeing with facts. You're disagreeing with player trends and you're disagreeing with what's good for business. There is no, I've not seen a single good argument put forth by anybody that leveling to 600 should be painful and slow. Nobody has made a good argument at all they've argued from emotion and from status which are terrible arguments i don't care how it makes you feel your feelings about other people's leveling just doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things i don't neither does and i don't give a rip and neither does bungee well you're you know oh it took me forever to get to 600 who the frick cares like you know what i mean you got the 650 breakneck fast it wasn't a value point for you you didn't you didn't do it for this long drawn out extended period of time There's not been a good argument put forth yet. All the arguments surrounding making infusion costly and leveling hard centers around a self-centered elitist attitude about, oh, it's either I did it so they should too, or play like me. It's basically what everybody says, right? I said it before, it doesn't matter and it doesn't affect me. I just don't agree with it. But to disagree, disagreement should be based off more than emotion, right? Disagree, like, disagree based off of, like, logic and reasoned argument. Not just by, like, I don't like it. Like, I don't know. Let's see the roll. Let's see what we got. We got another outlaw rapid hit. (laughs) Another outlaw rapid hit. That's the second outlaw rapid hit we got today. Dadgummit. We are running out of time. We are running out of time. So, I'm not telling you how to feel. I'm just saying formulate your opinions and formulate your thoughts based on reasoned arguments, not feelings, you know, I just think there are, there are far bigger things to be concerned about in this, in this, in this game, uh, FWC guardian, do you think the lack of loot affects the hobby so far? I'm currently taking the one and done approach to the new content because all of the gear is lackluster so here's where here's where the value is is tripping on itself right it's the value is tripping on itself and it's limping a little bit okay because what you're saying is a really good point right what you're saying is a really good point it's okay sweet you trickle out forges we got a raid you trickle out forges and niobe labs and then the last word right and as those content pieces trickle the guns you can go for, the loot you can go for has got to be, as you're saying, it, it needs to be not lackluster. You're saying it is lackluster. That's why I said that the content isn't perfect, and that was my point of criticism in the talk. I said content's not perfect. One of the main short shortcomings of this content is the lack of unique and strong perks to make you care. Shield disruptor, uh, disruption break. I'm sorry, shield disorient and disruption break are two perks that need to be significantly stronger. The curated raid, the curated rolls on raid weapons should be ridiculously awesome and fresh. So like the curated roll on the scout rifle, it should come with a version of box breathing that it, once proc always stays active. That'll break Crucible. I don't freaking care. Do it and then maybe nerf the effect of box breathing in Crucible so it's a great PvE scout. And again, it's unique and powerful. You can't get a scout with box breathing anywhere, but box breathing is 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 not helpful on a scout cuz it resets. It makes it it just makes it kind of a worthless perk, right? make those curated rolls better. And if they did the same thing in the forge, if they made the curated rolls better or more exciting or if you cared about shield disorient and disruption break because they were uniquely strong perks, well then you might be in here chasing the loot. Instead, you're just sort of like you run it a couple times, you see some of the rolls, you check light GG and you're like none of these rolls are worth chasing. So that that short circuits the content for you. It's a short circuited sort of like, eh. well, these two things aren't connecting we got the content, okay, we got the loot, alright, here's player motivation, it's not, it's not landing on player motivation, player motivation is just kind of staring at like, nope, so that's, that's good feedback for Bungie though, like, logistically, you've created a good feed, a, a, a created a great drip feed, you've created a consistent way of giving me things to do, you've done a great job there, now go back to the sandbox team, the weapon design team, and say, you guys have got to swing for the fences, Make curated rolls that are rare, hard to get, and amazing. Make, make perks that we've never heard of before that aren't chintzy, but worth using. Like, really, really swing here. Because it's not, like, logistically speaking, you've, you've got a winner, and your missing piece is very important. You need stronger and better perks. You need guns that, like, I generally speaking, I'm not going to use an energy auto rifle. Make me consider it! make me think about it why am i gonna put on an energy auto rifle well th- this perk here that perk there combined with this with that role the curated roll can do something that we've never seen on an auto rifle before why do you think people are actually using a like the like an auto rifle in pve content the breakneck why they introduced a perk that made me consider it especially if you put the rampage extender on there breakneck makes you consider it you're like dude I'm gonna I'm gonna use an auto rifle, right now. When I was using my half dan, I was showing people half dan's actually a viable auto rifle in PVE. It's the only one, but it was like a very specific role, and there were kind of specific reasons. But again, made me consider it, you know. And that's what this the the if we if we need anything, all we need is the orchid. The kindled orchid grind is all you need to see. Like okay, people will chase power it's a it's a role you can't get anywhere else rampage stacking on top of you know kill clip that's cool that's unique that's potentially powerful oh it's kind of overkill isn't it who the frick cares it's just gonna feel cool to reload a gun really fast and see rampage times three and kill clip active and start shooting enemies with that and keeping rampage going with kill clip like that's gonna feel cool even if it's not necessary even if it's not necessary so make me consider it that's what i that's my that's my communication to bungie is future drops future loot and even current loot like make me consider using shield disorient and disruption break shield disorient should pop every shield and if it matches it should disorient so then it's a universal shield popper that would be i would use that i would use that in the raid why because the three different shields that show up in the raid in in the raid fight having a, a gun that can pop all the shields and disorients when it matches would be a huge value point it would be, it would be a unique form of power and it would make somebody consider using an auto rifle because generally speaking people don't really use auto rifles especially energy auto rifles you know old age old bond's a perfect example of that you know it's a it's a raid it's a piece of raid gear that you know nobody has any draw uh, to use and That just shouldn't be the case with end game gear whether it's from the forge or a raid there should be an appeal and a reason to use it uh, and we just haven't quite had that yet rusty022 some of us have an inherent fear of missing out fomo fear of missing out with games it's okay to walk away for a few months and play other scuff i skipped the past the annual pass is the perfect time for me to partake in some of the free events and otherwise play red dead or my Switch. I like the Destiny, uh, I like a Destiny I can walk away and return hardcore in the fall. Right, and I think the annual pass gets at the heart of of what so many people typically do anyways with games in and and this isn't this doesn't mean we, we cater to casuals, but people that engage with the content and then take a break and come back and take a break and come back. Like I just think that's a better rhythm. I think players are more likely to give you good feedback, too. Like, you're more likely to get good feedback from players that are playing in healthy ways. Like, I don't know. I'll give an example. Yesterday, I grinded for this freaking hand cannon for, like, nine hours, okay? I played, and I played, and I played, and I played. Well, I was a little grumpy at the end of the day, and and certain things in the content were kind of setting me off. Getting physics, not getting the gun, you know... Dying, and you know, we had the we had the Servitor Shield himself, you know. And I was I was a little bit more grumpy and not as lighthearted as I was earlier in the day. Well, some of that was me just getting burned out, right? I was getting burned out. Yeah, I did it on Saturday and Sunday and yesterday, right? I just got a little burned out. I was kind of sick of it. And I think if people are playing the content in a more rhythmic way and taking those breaks. I think that's when you'll get better feedback cause they're just, they're not so grumpy that, that, that burnout, that burnout grump that just can't see the forest for the trees and everything upsets them and everything makes them grumpy and angry. I just don't think that's where you want to be. You don't want to have an entire community of people that just, they, they're, they're playing, they're playing so much. That every little thing sets them off. Every time they don't get the drop they want, they're annoyed. They swear they're never going to play again. If you're coming back once a day, every other day, once a week, playing for a little bit, getting your grind on, and then coming back later, I don't know. I just think you're going to be way more likely to have a healthy relationship with both the game and feedback about the game. Um, And that's why I use the example of myself just getting burned out yesterday and being grumpy, you know. It wasn't like a genuine response. It wasn't like, you know, how I really felt about the game. It was just every little thing was kind of setting me off because I'd been in the trenches for nine hours. And that can just lead to that. Uh, Next question, Crippled Ant. Do you think the Guided Games feature needs better matchmaking? I feel like when I try to do Guided Games, it takes so long to match with people. I've addressed this before, so I'm going to try and give you my, my quick my quick flyover of why guided games will never work in Destiny. Uh, the, the the quick answer is the franchise is too established. It's just too established. And the reason that is a problem is because most of the people that you want to fill that funnel with, you want the funnel, you want, you want half of the funnel of guided games to be full of experienced players and you want the other half full of people that need help. Okay. So in this equation, you need both and the, and the experienced players that know what they're doing because the franchise is so established, they typically have a clan. They're proficient with LFG. Uh, they have buds that they like to play with. They have their solution. They, they don't need to go into guided games and they are they're They're what you need. You need them in, the player pool you need them filling up you know guided games and they're just not going to so you end up with a surplus of players that need help and a drought of players that can help you sit and you wait 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 and you keep waiting and then finally you get in with somebody and that That is primarily, that is primarily because there's just not enough experienced players. Um, So that's the best answer I can give you as to why guided games will never get off the ground. They need to basically ignore it and not do anything with it. It's not worth the development time. Sorry. I want you to have solutions. I would love for you to get in raids. Try to find solutions. Try to find places and ways to get in. Uh, Case Jacob says, hang on one second. How would you feel if the next Comet expansion, the big expansion, uh, next year adopts the format of the annual pass? Like One Big Story, Taken Queen, uh, spread out over three or four episodes and chapters, three months apart. I think this could be an interesting way to change the game based on events happening in the story, and it could be a better way to lead into the story of D3. Now, I don't think they're going to do that in such a pronounced way. I don't think they're going to do that in such a pronounced way, but I think they already hinted that that's kind of how they want to structure content going forward. If you look at the Dreaming City, so the Dreaming City has this rhythm of change and different things that you can do, different things that are available. Petra's in a different location, and uh, you know the the you have the you have the the dungeon, you have the quests that you can do for her all those different things so they're already kind of hinting at the fact that they could do something very similar if if we get the taken queen which is what i've been calling it because we're going to be going back to the dreadnought if we get the taken queen and the dreadnought has that feel and that cycle of like every week it's a little bit different it's expanding it takes a month for everything to get fully realized well the reason that's so beneficial is during that first month if you're not at level to do those things that are rotating you'll go in the second month right and then during the second month you may not get the drop you want you may not get the thing you want so now you're going to go in again the third month you see how it works like they're kind of already doing what you're saying they're just not doing it in such a pronounced way the danger of doing it in such a pronounced way is what you're saying is people may be like why can't you just give us everything up front people are already saying that about the annual pass just give us access to everything you know i don't want to wait i think it's better to say here's the substantive deliverable here's the new place here's the new raid here's the new story you know we're in this new ethos now we're in the taken queen you know how it says forsaken on the title screen right now that title screen would change you know it a little little thumbnail would change on twitch and then you would you'd be ready to sort of deliver that as the precursor to the annual pass annual pass then makes it very clear to people this is drip feed the reason i don't want to do what you're saying is because i think it's going to take a year for people to adjust and get used to drip feed and then if you double down again and you're like well not only did we do drip feed last year with the annual pass but now we're also going to do drip feed with the dlc itself i think that's too much change and i think it would it would potentially disorient people and frustrate people because their expectations That's what frustration comes from. Their expectations would be not met. You know, it's a big DLC. I don't understand why everything's not available. Now, again, if you trickle things out and change things each week like they did with the Dreaming City, I don't think people would care because that's not as pronounced. Uh, Tiger Pride. What weapons do you think are going to be in the new Forge? We're pretty sure it's a pulse rifle and a sword. Uh, I'm not sure if anybody's going to care about the sword. Swords can't really roll that much differently. Uh, I think someone just said it can roll with surrounded, which obviously that has potential, right? Surrounded has potential to make a sword really awesome. But the pulse, I've not, I've not really looked at it. I don't know if it's kinetic. I don't know where it lands uh I don't, I don't know if it you know has potentially cool rolls i don't know if it has potentially cool perks i don't even know i honestly don't uh there are three potentials oh kinetic bow sword and a go figure type pulse rifle see i love the go figure archetype um so i'd be happy if we could get some unique roles on the pulse i kind of miss using a pulse pulses were kind of meta when the game first came out because it was just go figure was it was a common drop um, and so it kind of made sense to use it in end-game content it hit nice and hard. I don't know if the pulse uh, is kinetic next question the real hokum says is it worth getting black armory when you're not 600 power level yet no because you can't do anything in it. you can't do anything in it um, you, there's a couple of things you could you, you get obviously that would help you hit the new you know the new level caps getting above 600. Because you'd have more milestones to do but there's no real reason to get the black armory until you're above 600 now the reason you may want to get it ahead of time is because of those extra drops if you're planning on getting it you might as well get it and then you could potentially get some of the new drops or do the new forge maybe a little early you have some people kind of carry you uh don't match make if you're under leveled you're just gonna freaking die and irritate the people that you get matched with uh and potentially fail it anyway you'd be better off maybe having some buds carry you uh and then you might get some of the new drops you could forge two weapons get a milestone so it's a kinetic pulse um you're gonna try to get an exact same role as go figure though if it looks cool yeah honestly if it looks cool i'm just that's just kind of how i am if guns look cool enough, man, I'll chase them. And I love the look of these weapons. MirinOW, OW, do you think black armory frames will rotate back in eventually? Uh, my concern is since I'm not at the level do the forges, I won't ever get a chance for the orchid. Oh, I mean, this is a real easy. I'm surprised you asked this. Yeah, they're they, dude, they don't do that. Bungie is not gonna say if you didn't get the Kindled Orchid that week it came out, you're never getting it again. That's not a thing they do, um, right? That that's not a, that's not a thing that they do. They're not like, yeah, you missed your shot, sorry. Now, rhythmic urgency is definitely there. They'll say, oh, you gotta wait a week or two or whatever. That's just how they do this. That's just how they do this game, right? You you know you missed your chance on a nightfall, and you gotta wait for it to come back around. You know you miss those opportunities you just got to try again so uh, d1 supremacy i yeah but that's not the same like this is we're in a different era we're in a different era uh chip dip 18 do forge frames rotate each week if so do you think it's a good idea to be able to only farm one forge at a time uh, is this part of the drip feed structure well i would think what they should probably do is allow you to do one weapon a week in each forge instead of having it be like thematic because like right now you can do the sniper or the hand cannon. Well, that's both Nessus. I think it'd be cool to get to the point where you do, you could do the, the auto rifle, the hand cannon and the pulse, right? One from each, I think would be a better option. And then you just rotate them you just rotate them he dropped me a prime uh that's how i that's how i would do it if i was in charge now bungie has their own aims and their own ideas about what's best um but you know right now for me it just seems like you're gonna you're gonna make people wait extra extra long if they're not if they're not showing up at quick enough intervals they're going to be like, well, I'll, I guess I have to wait, what, three weeks? How many weeks do I have to wait to get the hand cannon? How many weeks do I have to wait to get the hammerhead? If you make people wait too long, if it's just another... If you it, if it turn into another nightfall grind, that, I think, could frustrate people. So I would want to make sure that the rhythm uh, is maybe a little bit quicker. DJ May 88 says... Um, how to satisfy the solo casuals without interpreting, uh, interrupting the hardcore players. I believe you need both casuals and hardcores to have a successful game, but balancing will always be the problem. This is not a question. You're just stating something. that uh, I don't mind when you guys do that sometimes, but don't, guys, don't use question and answer just to kind of voice your opinion. That's not what this is for. You can do that in the chat. Uh, this is a question and answer session. Q&A. <laughs> uh, Nike Assassin says, Do you think they will add a fourth super before the end of destiny 2 I don't think so no I think we're all supered out I don't know where else you'd put them I I, I mean it'd be cool if they did I'm just trying to think logistically what you would do you have these three attunements um, I mean maybe you could put another attunement over here I I don't know I don't think so I'm, I'm not gonna say I'm not against it I think it's incredibly unlikely. I don't think that's going to happen. You're going to... You're going to be very disappointed, I think, if you're holding out hope for more supers. Uh, Amish Milkman. I'm feeling a little burnt out with some of the grind and lack of luck with RNG. In response to your point about taking breaks, I took a small break, came back refreshed, and I hit the same wall. I feel this is a pattern for this game. And what are your thoughts on... on if this might happen in year three? Well you hitting a wall you hitting a wall is exactly what they're trying to fix that's not like that's your experience is exactly why i've said and set my sights on you gotta streamline leveling and not make infusion painful because it's not a net benefit for the players no one no one is benefiting from that no one um and so when you when you look at the situation you say okay what, what, are we, what are we actually des- who, who are we designing the game for who's playing our game if they're having this experience you can't keep arguing for slow leveling and painful infusion and then just be like well play like me right so many people defend infusion pain by saying well I do this 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 and this and it's not a pain point for me okay so you're saying two things that are contradictory infusion should be painful and it's not painful for me Okay, well, which is it then? Because if it's not painful for you, all you're doing is, is arguing for everybody else to have a painful experience, right? The, you're, it's not a pain point for you, so you're arguing everybody else should have a painful experience. Same thing with leveling. Leveling's not a pain for the hardcore player. We hit max in a week or two, why should everybody else have a painful leveling experience? What net benefit, what value is, oh, it makes the content last longer. I just completely disagree with that. I don't and I don't think anybody is is expressing that sentimentality. I don't, I don't think you're I just don't think you're netting a benefit at all. I think you're I think you're losing so, so much. I think we're losing so, so much. And and then this happens. If if drip feed, Again, this is this is similar to what I said to people who like, oh, I don't like drip feed. I just want to play all the content right away. Like, don't hold the content from me, right? I'm going to say something similar here. Like, if the drip feed content is the identity of it and the intention of it is to keep people coming back rhythmically, they can't come back rhythmically, and they won't come back rhythmically if they get stiff-armed every time. <laughs> Sorry, brother. We want infusion to be painful and leveling to be slow, because really hardcore players are arguing for pain points and, 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 and pacing that doesn't affect them at all. Like that's essentially what you're going to do with this rhythm. And when you do that, you short circuit and, and you, and you damage, I think the way the annual pass is meant to function. And I think Bungie sees that. And that's why they're making changes. So everybody's free to think what they think and express what they think and to argue for the best version of destiny, but the best version of destiny is the one where lots of people are playing on a regular basis. That's the best version of destiny. And when you argue for something that is at odds with that happening, then I I think that uh I think that you're you're going to you're going to find your your argumentation losing losing it's it's solvency and its traction over time right you know this can be so toxic everyone's crying about the content they drop with black armory and didn't realize that it was additional endgame i think your summary of the community is false and i think you are actually misunderstanding what's going on it's not about it being endgame it's about the fact that only a certain a very small percentage of people could even touch the content Nobody's arguing that the content should be easy that's not been espoused by me or anybody asking for infusion to not be costly and leveling to be streamlined is so people can play the very content that you're describing as endgame if it's supposed to be an extension of endgame then you have to get people to the base level so they can move toward the endgame right a better criticism which should be the lack of difficulty setting right 600 625 650 that's what the forges should have. They should have those three difficulty settings. So you fast track people to 600, they get to 600, they can enjoy the easiest version of the Forge. Then there's 625 When they when they level up a little bit. Maybe that opens up more bounties, maybe that opens up more opportunities for loot. Then 650, blistering hard, maybe phases to the boss fight, maybe mechanics. A lot harder to do, but worth it. Increased drop rates, maybe new bounties with Ada. Nobody should be looking at this content and being like, and defending it and saying, oh, it's endgame, suck it up, cupcake, leveling and infusion should be costly. That's a non sequitur. It doesn't follow. Like, those two aren't even connected. Like, you know, they need to grind the power of engrams and not turn the game on and think they should be able to do the forge. Yeah, but no, I disagree with you. Like, the reason Bungie pivoted very, very strongly and the reason people were frustrated is day one, moment one, monetized content couldn't be played, and that's unusual. We're three months out from Forsaken, and only 12% of the community is at 600 Bungie should have known, okay, day one, we need to have something for the community to get to 600, we need to have something for the community that's just at 600, and then make it harder as they level up with difficulty settings, like, that's on Bungie. The community can't constantly be scolded. Oh, you should have played more, like finger wag, finger wag. Oh, you should play like me, finger wag, finger wag. Infusion should be painful, so you you don't get to use the gear you want. You get You have to use the gear later, and you'll enjoy it more. Finger wag, finger wag. I'm going to tell you how to play. I'm going to tell you how you should enjoy the game. Finger wag, finger wag, finger wag. Like, you can't keep blaming the community. It's just, that's not that's not an interchange, that's not a conversation. Yes, if the community says, I want endgame loot really easy, I want the new Raid Exotic really easy, I want a 1k voices to drop in my lap from Hawthorne from a clan bounty, well then, sure. Sure we can talk about expectations of ease and end game and, and over casualification. We can have that conversation, right? And thank you so much to this genius right here for being AFK the entire time. I'm So glad that Reddit post trended. So every douchebag with a controller and a pulse just sits AFK all day in the forge. Thanks so much. So if you keep blaming the community, you're eventually not gonna have a community. If you keep saying play more, play like me, it should be hard, it should be painful, it should be if you make it difficult for people to even get into the content, then you're then you're slowly but surely gonna have a shrunk, elitist, gatekeeping community that wants everything to be blistering tough. And that's the beauty of Destiny, is it appeals to both sides and they benefit greatly from that. They get people they get people who They get people who play the game and love it just as much as the next person because they're they're, you know, they're playing two hours a week and their feedback and their engagement is incredibly valuable. And we get to hear from both sides of the spectrum and you get, and I think ultimately get a a very, very unique game because of it. That's why my comments about Anthem, I think make sense, right? It's so rare to have a game with depth and grind and longevity. It's really rare for a game like that to have a casual player base inside of it. That's rare because usually games like that don't appeal to casuals. World of Warcraft, EverQuest, any games like that, Path of Exile, if they're really grindy and really slow, they tend to not have a casual player base. They tend to have a cult following niche player base that loves to grind the frick out of their game like Warframe, right? Thank you for the brand new one, Demon Digits. Thanks for using your Prime sub here. There is a categorical difference between between leveling and loot pursuit. And every time people hear me say you need to get people in the content, you need to streamline leveling, they're like, "Lono, you're just trying to casualify the game." And it's like, no, loot pursuit should take a really, really long time. I'm constantly asking for Bungie to put in really good rolls on weapons, really, you know, curated rolls, and then make the drop rate super low, so you, you, so you're you're in there really in the trenches grinding for the best loot. That's a big, big difference between getting people in the content and then putting things in the content worth chase, and that's where the long chase is. Hardcore players hit level cap and aren't touched by infusion pain. They hit level cap like it's nothing, and infusion pain doesn't touch them. Therefore, those things are not net benefits for the community at large. It doesn't land as a value point for them, therefore it's not a value point. Therefore, get it the frick out of the game and create long end game loot pursuit because that's essentially what the meat of the game typically always has been. Imago loop, grasp of Malak, etc. Those were farms that people loved because it was a loot you ran, it was a loop you ran over and over and over and over again for the best possible version. Iron Banner, clever dragon grinding, same thing. Filthy says, do you think the free seasonal update could be used to create day one hype with vendor refreshes that's lacking from the drip feed style of the annual pass? Yeah, I don't know if you'd want to make that free, though. I don't know how you do that, right? I don't know how you, um, I don't know how you invest in saying, you know, hey, we're going to, we're, we're going to give you free loot and, but it's not going to cost anything I mean, those kind of loot refreshes are good, but my concern would be eventually you're going to have people feeling sort of like, well, then what, why pay for content? If you guys are just going to keep refreshing the loot, the loot pools, well, then why would I, why would I pay for the new stuff? Right? Well, you'd have to stagger it? I think, I honestly think if you're going to add loot, that should be paid for. They gave free pinnacle pieces of gear to people, you know, in, in in the Gambit, the Vanguard, and the Crucible. And and here and here we can see just the wonderful experience of AFK players. Like, I just failed because I got instanced with, with AFK douchebags. Like. Thanks, man. Thanks so much. I think it kicked him. I hope it did. They need to just shorten that timer. What a stupid way to play the game. Um. So I think if they're gonna refresh and say you know, oh, hey, this new stuff's gonna, you know, these new guns are gonna drop from EDZ, these new pieces of armor are gonna drop. I think that needs to be a part of the monetized content, not free. Um, and I think that's what you mean here. Day one of the annual pass, that stuff should be in there. Lame Phil. How do you think you can combat the ridiculously low level requirements uh, for raids and other content arbitrarily made by the community? LFG requiring people to be light level 590, to do 540 required content. I, there's nothing you can do. There, there's nothing you can do to change that. The community is going to do that. The community is always going to do that. Right? You're staring at the forge? Alright, hang, hang on a second. The community is always going to say, I've got two hours tonight. I'm not freaking around. I don't want to play with somebody who's underleveled, low level, inexperienced, Whatever. Must have this, must be this power level. Like that's always gonna happen. It just is. Listen, I'm not, I'm not defending elitism. I'm not. But if you get home from working at the bank and your feet hurt, and you put, to, you, you, you make dinner, you put the kids to bed, you just want to kick back and relax, and you want to run a raid, right? The last thing you want to do is spin your wheels with a bunch of idiots. That, like, that's not how you want to spend your evening, right? So it's completely understandable to say, I'm going to mitigate and try to minimize the likelihood of me spinning my wheels with idiots. <laughs> I'm not saying underleveled people are idiots or inexperienced people are idiots. You're just minimizing risk. It's just, it's way more likely if I have met, like high level people with certain loadouts and raid experience, that this is going to, this, this is going to go smoothly, right? So. I'm I don't fault the person for wanting to do to have that experience I really don't and here's the truth here's the truth that person doesn't owe you anything so if they want to raid and they want to gatekeep their experience they are in their right to do that right they're completely in their right to do that they don't owe you jack squat that's like when people would come in and be like, oh, you're doing a raid? Well, can I play? And then they'd give me a hard time because I didn't want to drag some person through the raid that was going to die the whole time. I don't owe you anything. I'm just playing and helping helping people. You know what I'm saying? So you go on to LFG, it's their experience, and they can protect it as much as they want. Sorry. Uh, Wounding, wounding Chaney says... As we look to the continuation of Destiny 2 into Destiny 3, along with Bungie's other products, do you have any concerns as their programming teams not being able to keep up with the content or them being spread too thin for meaningful content? I believe their future endeavors will be better because they're going to probably use updated engines and dev tools. The Tiger engine is, is painfully slow to work with. Uh, this has just been made clear by virtually every leak that has ever come out. It is difficult for them to make content quickly uh and they're going to be free of that you know with their new ip now as far as you know the here and now with destiny i've i've put forth my theory many times that the next dlc the taken queen to be delivered in september of 2019 is being built by vicarious visions and i believe right now bungie is building and pivoting to building they are building destiny 3 okay so, Vicarious Visions is kind of removing that that workload by building the next big DLC. Annual pass, this and the next, will be built, managed, and, and, and maintained by High Moon Studios and the live team. And then once Destiny 3 is delivered in 2020, Bungie will pivot completely off of Destiny to their new IP. They will have honored their contract and very likely sell the IP to Activision. Activision then will maintain the game via High Moon Studios, Vicarious Visions, and the like. And I trust that process. I think that'll be a fine process. You may even see Vicarious Visions and High Moon Studios absorb portions of, of Bungie. I've put forth this theory many times. I don't have any inside information. That just makes sense to me. If they're going to pivot away from from Destiny, it's got to be in a way that makes sense and, is, and works. And their inclusion for others uh, has been has been has been very helpful. You no you can't join me secret. I'm I'm like literally I'm in a forge right now, homie. I'm doing my last one before reset as well. I, I don't there's no way I have time to do another one. So I would just throw yourself into matchmaking and get it done if 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 as best you can. Hopefully you don't run into AFKers like I did. Um Mac 2099. Given how big the annex is currently Do you think they can or will add the other gun vendors to this area? There seems to be some stalls that could be easily set up and would be you could have bounties for the specific guns for each. Yeah, I I want the I want the gun manufacturers to be in the tower. I've always thought that could be cool. Um, I've always thought you could like it could be kind of like a faction rally you could sort of say, if you pledge to Amalon, you could do bounties for them and then those bounties would give you you know, mods and specific things for Amalon weapons and that would be really cool, right? Because then, you could not only be grinding for an Amalon weapon from them, they could have like a pinnacle reward that you got to grind Amelon all the way up to get then once you get it you can kind of personalize it and there's like there's like mods that are specific to Amelon. you do the same thing with hakei uh you could do the same thing with all all the weapon manufacturers right and then just rotate them that could be like the new faction rally i don't know if that's what those spaces are down there for i think the community gets kind of wound up sometimes when we see all this space in the public areas. Um, and a lot of times it turns out to be nothing. Uh, so I'm, I'm all for more, more guns and more NPCs, especially the weapon manufacturers. And I think there's even lore behind saying, Hey, we're, we're doing some research. We lost some of our most powerful weapons. You know, when Gaul did what he did and we're trying to we're trying to kind of rebuild and and that would be a great time to develop experimental, really high powered uh, stuff, which I was kind of hoping we were going to get in the black armory. If you go back. If you go back and you watch some of my content, where I express concerns about energy weapon problems and pen- and 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 the and and the stuff in the game that I felt like is lacking, I kept saying that you know the Black Armory could be the solution to this. I kept saying that, right? Black Armory, Black Armory could be the solution to this. Maybe they'll introduce really strong perks. Maybe they'll re- introduce really cool perks. Like I said that numerous times, and unfortunately, Black Armory hasn't really done that. It's come very very close. There is definitely there are definitely new perks there's definitely this idea of you know grinding for power and grinding for unique stuff but we're just we're missing we're missing that punch like i like i really really feel like they could they could push in a whole lot more with the you know shield disorient and disruption break and other you know other things like it so i i hope i hope we get hope oh, we get more stuff or even a revisiting of the of the current of the current perks so this is going to be the last gun i probably have time to do um i could probably very quickly do i have enough nope I, well i might get enough from this yeah i have enough to buy another one um so we'll buy another one we'll try and very quickly do this before reset but maintenance might uh might break our hearts here in a second Ruguru boogaloo says do you think that part of the drip feed argument is that you have old D one players used to the old model versus the new model and D two players with a different idea of content flow. Well, I mean, obviously you have play like lots of different players in the mix and their history with the game is I'm, I'm, I'm sure their history with the game is playing a role in their expectations. And those expectations are driving their criticism, right? I'm sure that's, that's part of what's going on. I got another one with Drop Mag Surrounded, but this one has Ambitious Assassin. That's not as good as the, I have a Surrounded one, Drop Mag Surrounded Rampage. Shoot, shoot, I saw Drop Mag and I got a little excited. Uh, so yeah, I'm sure there's people in the mix that are like, I miss the good old days, but I, I think a lot of the people that miss the quote-unquote good old days of D1, uh, I believe a lot of them are, I believe they remember Destiny 1 Falsely. <laughs> I think that they have rose-colored glasses on. Rose-colored glasses is a nice way of putting it. Uh, they're blind. <laughs> I don't know. They're they're almost blind uh, to reality. This might not be a good idea, though. We might hurt ourselves. Um, yeah, really close, too. Yeah, he got a drop mag, uh, reload, masterwork, outlaw, and threat detector. So, so close. This might be a bad idea because I'll get a partially filled uh frame and then i won't be able to finish it delete the frame in case we get kicked out of the game yeah i don't have one it's probably not worth it people are going to keep getting kicked uh i'm just going to go to a public space and just run um and just run around um we can go to the dreaming city and just stay in the front area and try and do bounties for for her because if we if, if we get kicked and can't complete the frame the, the that's that's causing glitches for people so and I may get, I may not even make it to the public space yeah I didn't um Lightleap says, does it also seem to you that Bungie uh, makes always a step backward with the new releases? Examples are masterwork to change armor stats, the ornament system for armor, and now the seasonal vendor gear. It makes it hard to be happy about something they add to the game because something you would have enjoyed disappears. Um, Here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is somewhat related to the reactionary argument i've made before okay there is it's like the it's like the image you get when people are like putting their finger they're putting their finger in a dam right and then another leak pops and then they have to take this finger out and they have to put it over here and this is obviously conveying all kinds of imagery for you but you get the point right you're you're trying to stop this and you're kind of, you know you're you're putting your hand over the leak and then another one springs and you gotta take your hand off this one and go somewhere else. And I think sometimes with Destiny, that's why people are like, What in the actual frick, Bungie? Why did you take this out? You're adding, but you're 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 subtracting. Why? Why, Bungie? Why? I think that's one of the reasons. I think since the launch of Destiny 1, they have been in a constant state of reaction. They're just, oh, well, add this. Oh, well, do this. Oh, blah, 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 blah. And on and on and on down the line. And when you're in that state of reaction, I'll give you an example. Iron Banner bounties were added to give you powerful rewards. That was a recent quality of life update to Destiny 2. Those same Iron Banner bounties became a way to game the system and basically save stuff to level up with whenever you know, the Black Armory was delivered. And a lot of people were like, how did people not, you know, how did people not know this was going to happen? You know, how, what, 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 how, how do they not, well, Bungie didn't know it was going to happen because they're reacting. Like, they reacted, they added a quality of life to Iron Banner, right? They, they add that quality of life point, and then that quality of life point kind of comes in and surprises whoever was in charge of the city, whether it's a sandbox team or whoever. they, they end up sort of almost like taken by surprise by it. Right. Well, so that, that's like a, that's like a small picture of what's been happening to destiny since the very, very beginning. Although, but what do we do? What do we do? Oh my gosh. What do we do? And they react. Here's rise of iron. Here's, here's all these cool loot systems in the raid. And, uh, here's age of triumph Like, right? we got to give them stuff to do we got to give them stuff to do oh we've got this quality point and this value point point. and the team that was working on that isn't the same team that was working on destiny 2 so destiny 2 launches and we're like wait a minute where's all that stuff you guys added at the end and it's like oh well that we were doing that we were just kind of reacting we were just kind of throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what would stick we, we didn't really we didn't we didn't know you were gonna like it and now that we know that you like it we can't like retroactively add all this value to destiny 2 right there's just there's so many, so many things that I think happen uh, whenever they're they're in a in a state of reaction. Thank you for the two dollars, Doctor Smurf. Says what you're saying is what I've been saying ever since they changed Destiny One a year before launch and had to duct tape uh, a campaign together. They have been in development debt and they can't seem to get out from under it. Man, that's a that's a great way of putting it. Development debt. Yep. Yeah. They just they can't get ahead. They're always reacting now. The benefit, the the thing that we're going to benefit from this time is I don't think Destiny 3 was far into development when they realized Destiny 2 at launch was a failure, okay? That's a harsh word, but I think it's a fair word. It was a failure. And saving that with Forsaken, I think Forsaken is going to be sort of the framework for Destiny 3 going forward that they can kind of dig down in. They're digging down into the framework of Forsaken even now, right? So I don't think this this problem can happen again. I think the reason that Destiny 2 failed is because everything we said in the first year of Destiny 1 informed all of the groundwork for Destiny 2, and our feedback year 1, Destiny 1 wasn't the same things we were saying in prizing year 3 of Destiny 1 right people didn't like the grind people stopped playing they didn't like they didn't like a gear based leveling system they didn't like being stuck at certain levels like there was all kind of feedback that informed the groundwork of Destiny 2, that's not happening this time around, what's informing the groundwork of Destiny 3 is Forsaken and the annual pass which is why I keep telling people like logistically speaking Destiny 2 is in the best place that it has ever been there is so much stuff to do, there are so many pockets in the game, there are so many pursuits and so many activities for you to sink your teeth into, they're just, they're still, they're still lacking that depth of power and that depth of gear. It's close, but it's just not all the way there. Logistically speaking, right, logistically speaking, the forge has unique weapons with unique drops that you can't get anywhere else, that's what we've been asking for, right? It's just that the uniqueness is just not that good. It's not strong enough. Shield disorient, disruption break, you know, these things are just not that, we're, they, nobody's hair is getting blown back, okay? So, the, again, the framework is there. This is like when I looked at Destiny 2 and I said, if you go into a museum and you see a big brontosaurus skeleton, you can kind of imagine, man, if there was meat on the bones, that would be an absolute mammoth and monster of a, of, a, of, a, of an animal, of a species, Right? destiny 2 was like a brontosaurus skeleton there was all this framework and all this scaffolding and there was no meat on the bones lost sectors adventures all the public spaces you know changing public events to heroic all the story missions then you had all the strikes then the nightfalls then the raid then the raid layers then the new planets the new planet loot set you know loot grinds the new planet like you know uh and and then and then you had iron banner and then you had faction rally so much there so much scaffolding with nothing on it and we're still, even now, we're putting we're putting meat on the bones. It's not just a house of... It's not just a house like of a frame and scaffolding now. There's a bunch of drywall up, right? And there's good wiring in place. But we're just... It's still... We're still not there yet. We're still not at a place where every pocket of the game has a pursuit for you. That's why I said a, a, a dynamite idea would be for them to every week say the EDZ this week, activities on the EDZ, uh, Devrim K has bounties like Ada, right? You go to Devrim K and he has got a bounty for the Old Fashioned and Hawthorne Shotgun. So all week long, you can just grind like an insane person on the EDZ, filling those bounties up for him, doing them over and over and over again, and trying to get god rolls on those weapons, right? You do that on every planet, every pool of every NPC's pool. And you rotate it right you could also rotate the armor this week you can grind he has other bounties too he has a bounty for his helmet and his gauntlets maybe you just really love the way his stuff looks the, the, the art team the art team could probably very quickly create all new armor sets on those planets to make them look a little bit cooler. And then you're like, well, this week, I, w- I would love to get a full set of Nessus. I'm going to go for the helmet and the gauntlets, and I'm going to keep going until I get the rolls that I want. Same thing with the weapons. You put the Uriel's Gift on there. You put the Antiope somewhere else. You put all these weapons that are known for being great from year one, especially guns like the Old Fashioned and things like that. Then, you boot up the game, you look at the director, any planet or activity you highlight is showing you loot that is in there for Pursuit that week. The Forges would show you, right, what's what's Ada got going on this week, what's the EDZ got. Gambit could have, oh, this week, Parcel of Stardust and the Trust are dropping. And then the next week, it's, you know, the Rocket Launcher and the Bygones, right? So then you're like, oh... I see now getting max level isn't the only thing I can do I kept getting killed by a bygones, and I wasn't really sure how to get one. I mean, I know it drops in Gambit, but frick! Oh well, check it out. I keep going to Drifter. He's got a bounty for the bygones. I buy it. Play some Gambit games. Boom, get a bygones. Get the bounty from Drifter. Go for the bygones. Boom, get a drop. Intentional grind to empower players to feel like they can really go after the loot that they want. Because if you really want a great trust, there's no way to get it. If you all those guns from the past, if if they if they suddenly brought them up and they were random rolled and they had those mod slots there you would need an intentional grind that's why this intentional grind right now is so good it's so good you're like I want an orchid I want to get a god roll on the orchid I know where to get it I can do it as many times as I want it's that rhythmic urgency is all over the game they do it with nightfalls they're doing it with the forges do it with the rest of the game now right that cool shotgun right you go to shacks you get the bounty for the shotgun you play a bunch of crucible games boom Fills it up, you go you go get your shotgun from him. Do it again, do it again, do it again, do it again. That I think is the future of loot pursuit of destiny. It 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 marks, it checks the boxes that everybody wants. Intentionality, awareness in the players of like what is where, right? And then going for God rolls, going for that personalization. And that, okay, that is organic extension of playtime. It's organic. It's up to the player, okay? Instead of saying, this is going to take a long time, it's time-gated, you can't do this right now, right? Now, sure, it's rhythmic, so, like, if you weren't able to play the week that you could get the old-fashioned from the EDZ, right? As somebody's saying, waiting three months for the correct bounty would suck. As long as the rhythm of those bounties showing up is pretty regular, as long as, like, every other week you can go, right for, you know, for a certain thing, right, it'd be, it'd be, it'd be perfect, you'd be like, okay, I can't get it this week, I'll, I'll try, you know, I'll try next week, right, or I'll I have to wait a week, I think rhythmic urgency is important, because, okay, maybe this week you really want to buy guns, but the bygones isn't in Gambit, there's got to be a gun somewhere else you want to go for, if every pocket of the game is rotating, okay, then, okay, sure, you can't go for your bygones. There's gotta be a planet somewhere, an activity somewhere that's dropping a gun or a piece of armor that you really, really want. So, I'm gonna keep ranting about that because I think that's a huge value add that is just ripe for the picking. It's just ripe for the picking. And the reason you put it on the director is you have to educate the player base at large about loot pursuit. Because as soon as they sniff one out, they're like, what? Oh, wait. Oh, what is this? Oh, oh, this gun's cool. I want to go after this gun. They sink their teeth in. There's people, as soon as they know there's a a gear grind for a certain gun or whatever, people were sitting around standing waiting for those stupid saboteurs for forever. Why? There was a chance at new gear to drop. You look at that director, and you're like, gee, many Christmas, there's so much loot to chase. That's how you get... Remember when we said... it was? I think it was Soldier on Music who said it. Destiny 1 turned casuals into hardcore players. Destiny 2 turned hardcore players into casuals. You put loot in front of people like that on the director, and you give them the opportunity each week to have that intentional grind? That is how you turn casuals into hardcore players. Mr. Second Dono, I'm sorry, another uh, another $2. Mr. Citrus as well, thank you for your sub, your prime sub, I appreciate that sub, Mr. Citrus, I may have already thanked you for that. $2 from Dr. Smurf, in their defense, some of the cool stuff you are talking about with a director would be prevented by memory limits on console uh, and thread-safe infrastructure in the engine. Watch the GDC talks, console is holding this game back. Okay, so maybe it doesn't have to be on the director. But if you know every NPC is getting the ADA treatment and they have those bounties, all you do is you you just make them flash. You can make them flash. You don't have to, like, put the, put the loot there. Oh, why is this person flashing? Like, the first time you introduce it, you chain everybody through all of the NPCs, and it's like, every week, I'm going to be featuring these things for you to go after, just like ADA. This is a great way for you to chase loot or whatever. And then people people are now instead of just checking the tower you go and you check every npc there's that excitement of like oh i wonder what they're gonna have this week for me to chase there you go i mean i appreciate what you're saying but like i i think that there's ways around it uh it's are people able to get in now it's noon shouldn't there be an update to download So this Q&A will probably just end abruptly once we're able to get back in because we are going to want to activate the new forge and the new quest. I suppose I could do that while taking questions. Um, DJ May is the next question. There are... I don't even know if I can get to all these today. Holy frig. Um, DJ May 88 says, Follow up on my question. More strikes, lost sectors, public events, and with better loot coming out of those, in my opinion, are great ways to help solo and casuals grind every day. These things outside of the weekly power awards are simple ways to have casuals come in every day and every week. Right. And and what I just outlined in a big long speech is a great way for organic player extension and player engagements to just go way up. It's just organic. You you let the players decide where they want to go and sink their teeth. Right? Maintenance for a while. Yeah, I thought it was only going to be like 15 minutes people were saying, but maybe it'll be a little bit longer. Maybe I should be grateful for all these questions. Thank you, guys. Extremely Dark Taco. Hey, Lono, I always kind of loved Bungie's UI through and through, despite how slow it can be on console. How would you feel about D3 having a bigger skill tree layout similar to D1? Um... I mean, I would say... uh, They say it's going to be two hours. Oh, okay. Well, we've got plenty of questions to last those two hours. Um i would say bigger skill trees is probably coming i know we've we've heard rumors i don't always put tons of stock in rumors but i i i can take this one to the bank i think given everything they did uh given given everything they did that more rpg elements are on the way everything they did with you know forsaken so i would think bigger skill trees is probably likely to happen um now Remember, it's a looter shooter, so I don't think you're ever going to get skill trees that are as elaborate as, you know, Skyrim and Elder Scrolls Online. Uh, Chilibater, thank you so much for the brand new Prime Sub. Welcome. But uh, it'll be, it would definitely be there, you know. How much do you want to bet the drop in Black Armory player numbers from pre-Black Armory had something to do with D2 going free on all platforms in November? With Forsaken on sale. Players that started in November could almost spark of light to 320. There would have been a little chance of them to get the ability to 600. I mean, that could have been it, but the numbers have bounced back, Hyper Chicken, And I think the numbers bounced back because they, um... They streamlined leveling and people got wind of that. Right? They just released a trailer for the new Forge. Okay. I suppose we can try and watch this in the middle of Q&A. Um... I don't know why they would release a trailer for the Forge though. So we're gonna check. Uh, is it on? Is it on Bungie's Twitter? Probably Bungie's Twitter. Yes. Reclaim, reignite, reforge. We'll keep the sound off for now. Um, that is a. Those are some nice looking weapons right there, dude. Uh, that pulse and that that. Uh, That bow looked very, very nice. Uh, So that forge had a a shield around it. You couldn't throw the balls at it, it looked like. Um, I said that the shield from the uh, Garden World, the season of the forge heats up. Reignite the third forge. Unlock new weapon frames. Annual pass available now. Um, And on January the 8th, Adventure to Niobe Labs adventure so an adventure I don't know downloading an update no troll alright let me check for one yep I'm getting one too thank you for the heads up Uh, let's keep going with questions if you're listening to this on iTunes Google Play Spotify or watching on YouTube we just kind of have to uh, we kind of go with the flow here when this kind of stuff happens these updates and maintenance and trailers so I appreciate you continuing to listen as I fly by the seat of my pants here and do justice to the questions that are being asked. Mac uh says, <clears throat> We talk a lot about ways to introduce difficulty levels in the game to allow tiers of entry for different power level guardians. Don't you think using an approach like the Blind Well, where there are different interactions or buttons, interact with different buttons or different levels, would be a way to improve the day one experience? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a, that's an easy win. That's an easy win right there. Like, that is you executing on my idea in a way that would make sense to the community, right? They did it with Court of Oryx. They did it with the offerings in in Archon's Forge. It just makes sense to people, right? It's like, yeah, sweet. Different, you know, different, you know, difficulties. Another new Prime sub from the Pelican. Thank you guys for the new Prime subs. Another one here from uh, Mistakes made thank you guys so much for the prime subs i appreciate it very much welcome to the rageless remember when you sub to this channel sync up with discord if you're looking for people to play with we have an lfg and a clan system in there for all platforms so whatever platform you play on we've got people to play with you uh bamford says in your opinion do you think the annual pass is going to prove its worth that the people were underwhelmed with black army at launch or do you think those lapsed players are lost i think i think destiny players are really really good at stamping you know stamping their foot and their foot down and being like i'm done and then a week later being like well let me check this out though like i think that that's a common thing i think that's a common thing i think people naturally do that they drift i'm sick of this and then they come back right and I think that the way they're delivering annual pass, it's always going to perk your interest. Let me see if this bow is any good. Let me see if this pulse is any good. What's this Niobe Labs? You know, oh, there's an exotic quest. I definitely think um, that people will continue to feel that draw to come back in regularly. That's the whole point of the annual pass. Uh, says, what do you think if the game introduces a system to make people leveling without limit or monthly limit, like Paragon and Diablo, this will make people play a lot more? Right, we've had this idea, like, what if there was an NPC that let you kind of keep resetting your rank and keep resetting stuff? Um, that, that, and then you would kind of get benefits from that, right? You'd go to the director, you'd go to the NPC, and you'd kind of check them out, and they would say, oh, hey, if you You know if you want to roll over and restart your leveling um you can do that and once you do that then it would unlock skins and ornaments for you this is another reason why we need more NPCs right um oh we got the day one emblem for the raid where is it is it in the postmaster I really want that um Ace of Spades says, so because we have to play Gambit and Crucible to level, that makes it okay that his solo players have to suck it up and accept crappy RNG for bad loot. Right, like, listen, I hear what you're saying. Like, I wasn't trying to be rude, but like going into Gambit solo, just know what you're signing up for, right? Just know what you're signing up for. So for me, I'm, I'm always gonna sort of just try and just give you the, the, the blunt truth, right? And that's the blunt truth. The blunt truth is you going into, you know, team oriented encounters by yourself, expect to struggle, expect to have, you know, a hard time. And, and, and again, I'm also taking up for you and saying leveling should be way more intentional. So if you go into gambit and you know, it's going to be rough and you know, it's not going to be that fun. Cause you're solo, at least let you know what you're getting. When you highlight, when you go in the director, right? And you go to the tower, and you highlight her milestone, it says powerful armor. If you go to Gambit, and this, instead of saying powerful gear, said powerful weapon, powerful armor, you know what you're signing up for. There's there's at least a layer of intentionality, right? And then they could even add some measure and some layer of smart RNG as well, right? Because I think that would at least in some measure you'd be like well soloing gambits rough probably not going to win but you don't feel like you're completely and utterly spinning your wheels like you actually feel there's a sense of purpose with your actions uh thoughts on the dawning i think the dawning is cool it's a great source for stuff you get guns you get you get resources you get you know masterwork cores you get a lot of stuff um so I actually like it. I think that they've I think they've done a, a a good job with it, and it is the rewards pretty cool. You know, the Sparrow is neat. It's cool looking. It's Christmassy. You know, I, I think it's neat, and I think that you know you bet ba- you, you just play the game, and then you bake. You bake some cookies and you give people cookies and you get stuff like it's fun. It's lighthearted. There's bounties. It's a great source of of extra stuff to be you know, coming into your into your pockets. I like it. I think it's fun. It's not supposed to be substantive. It's a fun free live event for everybody. Ace of Spades, outside of 18 raids a week, I have no reason to play Destiny 2 at the moment. I have all the Forsaken Exotics, Kill Club Rampage on Orchid. Is this all we have to look forward to for $10? See, questions like this always drive me crazy because you create the most difficult to believe scenario and you then expect me to argue into caring about the game. Like, I have people do this all the time. They trump everything up. I have everything. I have a god roll this, I have a god roll that, everything's masterwork, I have all the exotics, what the frick am I supposed to do now? I mean, I don't know, knit a sweater, like, it's not my job to convince you to play when you want to flex on me about how you have everything, right? Like, I get what you're saying, but every game has that ceiling. Every game has that ceiling. Like, you- what game do you play where you don't kind of hit that point where are like, well, I got everything. I guess it's time to take a break, right? You could go for, yeah, you could go for a title. There's all kind of things you could do. Uh, there's all kinds of things you could do. I'm not here, right? I'm not here to try to convince you to play, right? That's not, that's not what I'm going to try and do for you, okay? But if, if this is the way you engage with the content, you have to understand that over time, value will narrow for you. If you binge watch every original series on Netflix, you just have to know over time, the value on Netflix is gonna narrow for you, right? I wasn't trying to be mean with the knit a sweater line, but, (laughs) um... Right? Like, you watch all the Stranger Things, and you watch all of, you know, uh, Breaking Bad, and then you watch all of Dexter, and then you watch... Like, and eventually you're gonna get to the point where there, you get to the, the shows that aren't as good. You get to the shows that, you know, the value's not as good. Or maybe you get to the shows that aren't... They don't interest you as much. So the value narrows because of the way that you're just ripping through every original series on Netflix. So, if you're running raids like this, and getting, I guess, an insanely great exotic drop rate... um. And you, you know, you have everything and you have God rolls on the weapons that other people are chasing right now. I, I, I don't know what to tell you other than I'm really happy. I can buy the 1k voices, uh, ornament this week. That's exciting. Uh, (laughs) I was wanting to get that real bad and now I don't have to wait for chance. I can just buy it because I have so much dust. Uh, so end of the day, end of the day every player has different value points every player has different value points and you always have to know no matter what game you play the value narrows and diminishes over time if you keep playing and this is why drip feed content is good because the diminishing value always gets a little kick in the pants every once in a while i have nothing i have nothing to do hey new forge new weapons uh huh, and you're like, okay, let me check this out, you know. So that is uh, that is that is what I would uh... ignite the forge, eliminate the warden. How are we supposed to open the next forge? Um, I'm assuming is there a quest line on my map somewhere? I don't I don't have a quest line here. I don't see the logo anywhere on the map either. I don't see the little Logo. Kill Vex on Nessus? Okay. I can kill Vex on Nessus. Arsible says Me and my clan are all 650. Three characters besides Forsaken. Uh, All the DLC we play two to three weeks until level cap, and then we leave the game after cap because nothing to pursue. You think Black Armory is trying to solve this problem? yeah and i don't understand i don't understand people who play destiny this way i i'm not going to tell you how to play but i don't understand people who play destiny this way you hit max level and then you quit why what the frick destiny have you been like I i don't understand that i i there were so many guns and things and pieces of loot that i chased in d1 and in d2 i don't understand why you hit max level and then you stop that That's like saying I hit max level in Diablo and then I quit. Like, what? That's just when things kind of start. What are you talking about? Like, I don't know. Everybody's different and everybody plays for different reasons. So I'm not telling you how to play, but this is a looter shooter. This is not a light level shooter. Like, you're not getting light level and then quitting. And as your question asks, is the Black Armory, you know, is the Black Armory meant to, you know, help with that? Um, I would say, yeah, the Black Armory is meant to kind of say, hey, you know, here's something new to chase this week. Here's something new to chase. Go after this role. Go after that roll, etc. Yeah, it's a dopamine hit, right? Um, I'm not really sure what we're supposed to be doing. You guys said go kill Vex. Are we just supposed to do it? Do you think we just charge it and then go buy one from her and that'll trigger it? The Lost Sector Artifact's Edge is a good idea. Okay. Just go in there and kill a bunch of X, I guess. I don't... I mean, I guess... Are we waiting for something to drop? Did you look at Spider? Spider does not have an icon on him. The last one we killed Fallen until it dropped. I don't remember doing that. I thought we went to Spider first. Pill Doctor says, What are your thoughts on an in-app Team Finder client in destiny itself like discord lfg for raids and why do you think it hasn't been done if for the same reason that i said that uh for the exact same reason that i said guided game struggles the people that you want to use that solution aren't going to use the solution because they already have a solution Destiny is just too too far along in its life cycle. So most of the people in the community that are going to be rating and 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 you because you want experienced people, people that know what they're doing. There are so many people that are just happy to use, you know, LFG websites. They have a clan. They play with you know the clans and the LFG here in our community. There are so many. Uh, there are so many, so many people in the community that don't need help they and they they have all their solutions so what you do is is you create a solution that almost nobody uses and then and then the people that do use it guess what they have a bad experience with it you know um you got to drop in the raid oh i did get to drop in the raid you're right yeah yeah here it is You're, you're right i remember now i got it to drop from the raid and then i just charged it in the raid vex transponder now we have to kill 100 vex So we'll just keep doing this, this, uh, this, I guess this lost sector over and over again. We can just fast travel out. So, Demon Shark. Do I need to unlock all the forges in order? My second character hasn't done anything and I'm curious. I have no idea. Chat will have to answer this for Demon Shark and then I'll relay it for the podcast. I don't, I think you do have to open them in order. I think you do. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a daisy chained, um, It's a daisy chain quest, basically. Can you show us again? It's literally, we just killed random Vex and a Vex transponder dropped, and now we have to kill Vex to get to fill it, basically. Um, the reason I got the second one and I didn't even realize I got it is because the second forge opened the day of the raid and I was in the raid killing Fallen and it just dropped. So just kill Vex until it drops. It's exactly like last time. I just completely forgot, um that's how it happened and i don't think you know what what we had to do for the fallen we had to get them to drop the items i don't even think i have to do that i think i just have to kill 100 vex this is actually going to be a little bit easier uh to unlock so next question grizzle pup uh grizzle pup says how do you feel about the current ways to acquire exotics Uh, I like that they seem to be doing with the Black Armory where they seem to be no RNG involved in getting Forge exotics. I think there's room for both. I don't think you want to overswing and say, yeah, every exotic is just a quest line. Um, I always think that's a bit of an overreach. It's like exotics need to be rare. What I said the other day was, you know how when you run Escalation Protocol right now and he doesn't drop the shotgun and then your chances go up, right? Your chances go up and then your next time it goes up if he doesn't drop it again and again and again and again and again i think every week at reset it should be like did you get an exotic last week no okay your drop rate on exotics is a little bit higher this week right kind of like the prime attunement and it just keeps going up and your exotic drop rate always resets itself once you get an exotic I think that would be good because you'd still have wild exotics, like getting Geomags in the forge today was exciting and I don't want to take that away from people. I think that wild drop, and that of, oh I got Geomags, like you don't want to take that away from people but you would also don't want people going a month without a single exotic dropping. So, 40 of a hundred is it shared? I had a little bit more than you, I have 46. I think as long as you're in proximity it counts. I got in there before you though and I think I got a couple. Tricks 7 do you think we will see something about the spoiler video we saw at the beginning of Black Armory since it's full curse and we'll see Mara again no idea, I think that's going to have to do maybe with Niobe Labs, I don't think it has to do with the forges Um, I don't think it has to do with the forges I think that probably has to do with Niobe Labs and that isn't here yet oh, cut a hoe what do you think by the way I appreciate you respecting uh with your question and not putting the spoiler in your question um Calcuttaho says what do you think will happen to destiny if D3 repeats the D2 disaster at content launch I mean I've said many times I don't think destiny can die if it, if it can survive destiny 2's launch it's like a cockroach in a nuclear war like there's just no you can't kill it um I don't think that's going to happen, I went on a pretty long speech about why I think that's incredibly unlikely this time around, I think they completely halted the production and groundwork of Destiny 3 to build Forsaken, Forsaken was basically an investment in the future of the franchise, um, both the here and the now, and in the future, Uh, so... I, I don't think they're. I don't think they're going to make those same mistakes again. I think it's very unlikely. I think they've set themselves up for that to be a very unlikely turn of events, just given everything they've learned. So, Mister Big Shot, how you doing, Big Shot? Uh, do you think instead of having to do all the steps to get a forge weapon, you could just run the forge and the weapons drop? I like the mix of. I like the mix of there being forged drops, those remix weapons. Personally, I think one of them should drop every time because it's a pretty big pool, and they're random rolls. So, like, the remixed versions of the Galliard and the Swift Ride, I think those should drop, one of those should drop every time, because I would really like to just try out the 110 hand cannon, like, get the best possible roll and just try it out, but the drop rate is just like, it'll, it'll almost never happen. Those guns are not good enough to be that difficult to acquire, they're not exotics, so I think they should drop every time. And then on top of that, you have the intentional grind of the Forge weapon. Now, as far as as far as like having a boomerang back to the tower, you know, Bungie's hearing us out on that. You know, Cosmo is relaying that to the design team about we really don't like the idea of having to constantly go back and see Ada. And I, you know, he said that's good feedback. And I don't think that they were in the dark about that. I think, again, a lot of the times this is buckshot content. They're just trying to hit us with as many things as they can And in the process, quality is just going to suffer a little bit. Like, hey, uh, did you guys think about the fact that you're going to make them keep going to the tower? Uh, Did you think about that? Oh, no, we probably didn't. Um, Spire integration heroic completed. Complete a heroic spire integration public event to clear the inner So that's the the one that happens in Exodus Black. It's about to happen right now. That's the one where you have to... um, Stand on the spires, right? The little things. Thank you for the brand new one, Chris, with the brand new Prime sub, and Ronster for the 100 bits. Thank you for the 100 bits, uh, Ronster. Gloveless Boxer, thank you for the brand new Prime sub as well. Thank you guys so much. Uh, Obey Supreme, is trading ever coming? No, and hopefully not. No, 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 no. No, 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 <laughs> Cleveland, no. Please no, we don't want trading. Um, Trading is death to loot pursuit games don't do it um oh the hollows has the vex one this is vex too it's the same in both places isn't it you can do this here and the hollows probably gonna get the servitor pub no we didn't because the flag's over here (laughs) skull king I've been working towards the Curse Breaker title since Forsaken launched. I have gotten to the point where for the past month and a half, all I've needed is the Ghost Ship and Sparrow. I've done all activities each week. Uh, They're available with no luck. Should titles be related to RNG? Here's what I just thought of as I read your question. Okay, Triumphs should influence drops. If you're going to have drops tied to the title. So... All along the way of working on the title, those things can drop randomly. Once you get to the point where that's the final piece of the puzzle, then you should get a guaranteed drop rate on those items after that point. You've earned your stripes, you've done the work, and now they should just drop. This would be a good way, I think, too, to make people take an interest in triumphs. Oh, so, all along the way, I can get lucky. Ships, ghosts, things of that nature can drop. It's exciting when they drop. They're cool. They're not really game-changing, but they're cool. Okay, neat. Uh, And once I complete all these markers on the Triumph, and then the only thing left is the ship, the Sparrow, and the Ghost, that guarantees the drop rate? Oh, sweet. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. That'll be fun. That'll be something fun to set my sights on. Like, you've earned it at that point in my mind. So... RNG being attached to a title should only be up to a point and then once you get to that level of the title it should just give the stuff to you the next time you run the activity So I think that's a very very reasonable very reasonable request uh, logi Rhythm says do you think there could be more uh, cosmetic things hang on I want to try something here yeah I cancelled chaos reach early that's another thing about geomags it's nice uh, more cosmetic things to chase after showing achieving something difficult in the game, similar to the Nightfall emblems, yeah, I, I've, I've continued to say that, especially raids, raids more than anything need an NPC so, if you get, you know all the triumphs done, or you know you get a certain challenge done then, you need to be able to get something pretty dope cosmetic emblems are cool, like having my day one, like having this emblem is really neat, I beat The Scourge of the Past within 24 hours. That's cool, right? That's something that, you know, only, like, what, 2,000 teams did. So, that's neat. I'm in a minority. That's cool. Not like Last Wish, right? Two teams, uh, (laughs) 2,000. So, that's neat. But it'd be even cooler if I had a shader or an ornament that, that I got. That'd be even cooler, right? Because then you give me the ability to say, you know look at me instead of, oh, can you go look at my emblem? Like, I'm strutting around the tower of the public spaces and I, there's visible evidence of what I have done that isn't in a menu. It's on my guardian. It's an expression of me. It's an expression of what I did. Uh, right? Or a title. Yeah, title? Yeah. Every time I open this up, I'd be like, oh man, look at that. Yeah, look at that. Look at that shader. Look at that this. You know, so save cloud. While I'm an alpha beta day one blah 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 player, do you think they should open up the Eververse to always being able to acquire through bright dust uh, or silver? Old season emote Sparrows ships so new players don't feel they missed out. Yeah, I mean, obviously if they do this, there's probably some guy sitting on a boardroom meeting somewhere squirming in his chair, you know, talking about like urgency of purchase and getting people to buy. And if, if it's not a limited time thing, you you know, you diminish its its uh, its immediacy and its value because then people can just get it later. You know what I'm saying? There Obviously, there are people that, that would probably think, no, that's not a good move if you're wanting to sell stuff, but it would be cool if they eventually came back, you know. Maybe do sales, like whenever you first introduce a new emote or something, uh, You when you do that, you get... Uh, Spire integration public event... To clear the interface. Oh, it literally says on it, we are so stupid. It literally says right on it, you have to do it in the hollows. I'm stupid. It literally says right on there, you got to do it in the hollows. It's just like the one where you have to do it in the tangled shore. Oh, shoot. Well, hopefully we didn't miss one. Uh, What are we doing here? Oh yeah, this question was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eververse question. Yeah, sure. A guy in chat said, "I." they said it's also in the hollows. I missed the point with they were saying you have to do it in the hollows. I totally missed it. I'm sorry. I'm doing question and answer and chat's moving and sorry. Uh, don't do it three says, uh, so would it be a better if guns had light levels instead of our guardians and the higher the level of the gun, the stronger it gets. solves a problem of using weapons we don't want to. And also unlock prestigious token to get rolls. I don't understand how that solves the problem of not using guns we don't want to. If you get a really strong sidearm and that's your strongest gun, you're still going to need to infuse it into your hand cannon to make your hand cannon stronger. You're not solving anything. You're moving the goalpost and it's this is not a... I, unless I'm terribly misunderstanding your point, right? This doesn't solve a problem or a pain point. Holy frick, that hurt. Ha <laughs> ha. Arrow twelve says, How's the exotic drop rate treating you when it comes to the random rolls on armor? At the rate they're dropping, I just feel like there's going there should be more ways to get the god roll. Zur selling year one stuff just makes the grind even worse. Well, I mean, if you're trying to get a better version of 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 Spath chest piece or Orpheus Rig boots, you can buy them from him when he sells them and they're better, or you can buy a faded Ingram and hope, right? Um I don't necessarily know. I don't necessarily know what the solution here is with drops. I think the solution is, you know, uh, glass needles. Make them expensive. You buy them. You re-roll. I'm okay with re-rolling exotic armor because, like, once you get your geomags, once you get your shards of Galanor, you know, that could be, you know, a, a re-rolling aspect. Yeah, we get to pl- play the fun waiting game Yeah. Uh, Pilocter, I'm dying to have an option where you could access this token where you could change the appearance of your character's face once per season. Uh, maybe on a rock and Exo, another Woken. After all, I can customize everything, including my ship. Uh, this is not a front burner issue. This isn't necessary or needed. I don't want them spending development time on this. I don't really care about this. The customization options for your face are almost embarrassing to be honest it's it's there it's so limited it's like it honestly looks like an arcade game like it's not not the graphic quality but like the the number of options i've seen much smaller more smaller budget games with two to three times the customization options on on faces and stuff it's just uh, this is not an this is not an important issue in my mind Senex, uh, Seneca next uh while we're on the topic of grindy gameplay, what's your stance on whether or not we should be able to grind raids for non powerful drops for random rolls? Since the raid gear has random rolls, I think this is an idea we could probably keep putting in Bungie's lab. At the very least, at the very least, I said the other day there are four things from Wrath of the Machine that I think need. Put into all future raids an internal currency that you continue to get after your first three runs that currency can then be used whenever uh that currency can be used whenever you want to re-roll a piece of armor maybe that currency can also be used that currency can also be used to open an extra chest right so there's an extra chest that you can open With the currency. So you don't get drops every time after the three. You can open that chest as many times as you want. Right? Yeah, that's Division Hamish. What's good, Hamish? Love you, man. Um, I'm excited for Division 2. The... uh, Then what you do is it it does the drop rate would feel like it goes down a little bit, but you would have that intentionality of like I'm gonna grind for the currency. When I have enough currency, I'm gonna re-roll my gauntlets. When I have enough currency, I'm gonna open this chest, right? Maybe have enough currency trickle so you can open up like every other encounter chest. So your drops get halved, they're they're not powerful, and it's up to the player, right? Thank you for gifting a sub to Hamish, I appreciate that. So that's that's how i would that's how i would do it i think those value points are super super important for raids but they're also super super important for like that feeling of running a raid beyond uh oh he gifted a tier three sub to him gminy christmas thank you for doing that as high as i am very very generous man thank you he gets to use the lono dope 2 and lono bake 2 the extra emotes thank you for doing that Inflame Flames says, "Do you think, do you think duplicate protection for exotics is in a good place? My last seven exotic drops have been duplicates, and I'm at the point where it's not even exciting to see an exotic anymore. My exotic protection was has t- been terrible. I've gotten nothing but guns for the most part. Like getting Geo this morning, I genuinely get an exotic and just expect it to be a weapon, which is supposed to be the least likely drop. I've I, I've gotten a ridiculous amount of weapons, so." I don't think it's working now people are going to say that's confirmation bias but i'm like ah if you tell me it's very unlikely to get weapons and i get six weapons in a row and other people you know get tons of weapons in a row i know it's anecdotal but that shouldn't really be happening if 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 what they're saying is true about the dude protection i'm anticipating future patch notes saying Um, we found that our dupe protection wasn't working quite consistently or effectively, and we have now done da 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 -da to make sure duplicate exotics is protected against, and then if you do get a dupe, it should be armor, right? Listen, I'm just going to say it. You should never get a duplicate weapon ever from an exotic if there are weapons you haven't gotten yet, and also, if you get a duplicate, it should just always be an armor piece. Like, there shouldn't even be a chance what good does it do to give me my third I got in one week I got like three fighting lions there's no reason for that it's just it extends the play time come on it's an exotic dude if I see an exotic on the ground it, it better be something I don't have yet that's the whole point of having a low drop rate on exotics DJ uh, kid uh, DJ Kid Kidote Original says, Do you think it is important to get dedicated servers? Dedicated servers is a pipe dream at this point. Destiny 3 will be built on the same engine with the same background architectures that are not created and coded for dedicated servers. We're not getting them, and it stinks, and it's a bummer. Nothing we can do. Nothing we can do. Uh, we can kill this drone guy, though, and maybe he'll drop a piece of the loot. Where is he? Oh, he's over here. These guys can still drop those uh, those guns. Is it a different dude this time? Oh, you killed the HVT, but we haven't killed this guy yet. Next question. Keltech. Do you think combining... Hang on a second. Let me hit him with a big old Geomag. Do you think combining perks on Black Army weapons would have made them too strong or been too effective way to add value? Or, or would it have been an effective way to add value? I mean, you obviously have to be careful. You don't want to have a weapon that has every perk in the game. You know what I mean? Why are you spreading misinformation? How in the world do you know D3 isn't getting dedicated servers? Um, I'm not spreading misinformation. If you're classifying it as misinformation, that would mean you have to have counter or contrary information. So settle down. And based off of interviews from the people in charge... They have said that this engine is not built to interface with dedicated servers, and if they were to go the route of dedicated servers, they would need to basically rebuild the entire engine, and I think it's very, very unlikely that they will be doing that for Destiny 3. Uh, They don't have time. (laughs) That's clear. They don't have time. Now, somebody might say, if you went to a different engine that was quicker and had quicker dev tools because they've been they've been somewhat transparent about the fact that like uh, this 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 engine and these dev tools are hard to build you know stuff quickly somebody might say let's imagine that building destiny 3 takes two years at the snail pace with the tiger engine and these dev tools okay it takes two years but it would also take two years to build Destiny 3 in this other engine because the time lost rebuilding the game, rebuilding all the architecture, you gain that time back because the tools are quicker. The engine's more agile, right? I don't know if anybody could make that argument <laughs> because that's just like, how could you possibly know that? How could you possibly know we're going to net gain efficiency and and development t- development time? We're going to net gain all that. So that's why I think it's just super, super unlikely. Super, super unlikely. So. Um Man, if we don't get a public event here, because Exodus Black's already cycled, I don't know. Uh but but but, but, but 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 did I miss any subs? No. Uh US Fire, Us Fire says, Do you think D3 can fix the development debt? Uh maybe, maybe. Because if they can implement everything they've learned here and do good content trickle, good grind, good depth, and and good quantity, because D2 had the, D2 had the quantity, oh look at that, uh, D2 had the quantity, it just didn't have the depth. Then yeah, I think so. I think so. Logger Logier Rhythm says what would you think about having leveling cores a rare consumable to increase the level of gear by 5 maybe having uncommon rare legendary version that could increase the level of a piece of gear respective to consumer level this again I just don't think is a solution I'm going to endorse because you're just creating another currency and another lane that isn't necessary for leveling just freaking let people level up you see like just let people level up you don't got to jump through a hoop. You don't got to, you got to get this core and that core. And then you got to, you got to do, you know, the curly shuffle and do a slam dunk. And then you can level your gun. No, like, just let me play the game and level up. If leveling isn't streamlined, then it just causes a, a couple of things. It causes a feeling of futility. It might cause feelings of confusion. And when those two things are happening, people stop playing if they feel their time is futile, futilely spent, or they're confused and they don't really understand, that's when people disengage. Nobody likes to feel confused and nobody likes to have their time wasted. So just streamline the leveling. I'm not saying your idea is bad. I'm just saying it doesn't help. It doesn't alleviate pain. It probably just creates more. It just creates more confusion. Uh, lol. It's Tyler. Hey, Lono. What are your thoughts on the leak cutscene between Zur and the Guardian talking about the speaker. I've not seen it, and I don't like hearing about stuff like this. So keep that crap out of my Q and A. King Boomstick, what do you think about each damage type having its own level? Arc Titan level 50, Solar 50, Void 50, and having this for each class. Why? What do you think about each type having its own level? What I don't understand we kind of do that anyway when we unlock the supers you got to fill the percentage and then your everything is unlocked i don't understand what this what you mean by this this just sounds like unlocking skill trees dressed up in different language maybe you're unlocking the skill tree that's you leveling up it's the same idea i th- think i think rock lobster with the brand new prime sub welcome to the ragels thanks for using your prime sub here a lot of people have used their prime subs here today thank you for doing that and thank you for listening to the q a and contributing to it we're going to keep doing q a but i did want to take time to thank you guys make sure you click on the follow button that's a free way to support the content that little heart you click that little heart button that means you won't miss my content um Jay freeman Lono, Frickmas is incredible. You're killing it as a streamer. Keep it up. No one talks about sparrows, which we use every day. How do you feel about adding weapons, upgrades, and perks to make them more useful for clearing ads? Could be a new grind concept. This is... Thank you, another uh, Prime sub coming in from uh, the dinosaur. This is like when people ask for ship battles, okay? So don't... I don't want you to feel... Okay, lol, it's Tyler. I don't know if you heard my answer clearly, so I'm going to say it again i don't like stuff like that in my q a we don't want spoilers i said get that crap out of my I would figure that was like a light rap on the jaw so i don't know why you're asking if you can put it in chat kind of gave you what i felt like was a clear answer that we don't want that here so please know and thank you (laughs) if it's not the game yet people don't want to know about it that's called a spoiler and that's why there are spoiler warnings on reddit threads so Thank you. Um, okay, yeah. So, I, I don't want... When I dismiss this idea, I don't want you to feel like I'm dismissing you, but this... This isn't... Uh, this isn't a... Idea that's in line with the identity of destiny. Okay? Ship battles and sparrows that can shoot and, and all this, I just don't think that's in line with the identity of destiny. It's a looter shooter and that feels gimmicky and i'm not against it i just don't think it i don't think we need to spend development time on making our sparrows little gunships now what if you could unlock different like what if you could unlock a deployable interceptor instead of a sparrow and you could pull that out every once in a while i don't know maybe i just i don't think vehicles are a really big push the tanks in the in the raid are pretty dead gum awesome though right and they're awesome not because you can use those anywhere but because they're tied to the event so that'd be a cool fight right a cool strike fight you can keep summoning interceptors you know i don't know maybe maybe you're onto something maybe i shouldn't dismiss your idea maybe this could spark another 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 cool thing they could do i don't know rated uh rack and ice one says I know you're a PVE guy but do you think a separate ranking and high tier weapon pursuit uh for rumble would make it a good thing for solo players um mm, I think if you're gonna do weapon pursuits like that it probably would be a good idea to say um here are here are requirements and things you need to do that don't drag your face across the sandpaper of comp or whatever you know, I don't want people having to, to play the game in ways that they don't want to for long periods of time. You know, if you want to get the mountain top and you just really don't feel like going into comp, you know, then you should be able to do it in rumble. I don't know. I just don't know how much is gained by saying, here's a pretty awesome weapon and you got to go into areas of the game. You typically don't go into because that's something in PVP that they allow, don't they? Each week, you can go into PvP and you can hit your milestone and you do not have to play comp, you don't have to play clash, you don't have to play anything you don't want to. You can play what you want to. To me, it would make sense then to say the pinnacle pursuit can function in the exact same way. You don't have to go into, you know, elements of the game that, you know, you're not interested in. What the heck is this guy? Oh, he's like a mini boss for the, for the lost sector or for the... Public event. Uh, Alchemy says, do you think we will ever get a transmog system like for our armor styles? I don't know. I'm not against transmog. I don't think it belongs in the game because when you get a piece of armor, we've talked about this a lot lately, so it must be kind of floating around in the community somewhere. Um, If you get a piece of armor from the raid, if you get a piece of armor from... IO, it's supposed to look a certain way because of where it comes from, right? So, so, I would think somebody had a good idea today, though. They said, what if uh, what if you get a pair of gauntlets from a place and you don't like the way they look? You really like the ones you've already got. But they, this pair of gauntlets rolls with hand cannon reloader. Why can't I infuse the perk into my gauntlets i'm more okay with that than being like i got a great pair of gauntlets from the raid but i want to transmog them and make them look like something else well lono you're just splitting hairs well no not really because then you still have this idea of no i got these gauntlets from the raid and they look like the raid and they didn't have the reload i want so i infused hand cannon reloader into it To me, that works within sort of the framework and the identity of the game, where we infuse to improve, and now, if you wanted to charge enhancement cores for that, for perk infusion, I'd have no problem with that, because that's the mastery, the investment, the capstone of an item. Just like when we said, using enhancement cores to take hand cannon reloader up to enhanced hand cannon reloader, that makes more contextual sense. Again, I don't think they're going far enough with these investment systems, which is why including enhancement cores and infusion doesn't make any sense, because infusion is supposed to be a pretty simple process. There can be more complex processes, processes where you're investing in your gear, and that's where that stuff is better suited. Okay, so we charge the key, and now we have to farm minotaurs. I'm trying to think, is there anywhere... Minotaurs spawn regularly. I don't know if we can even can we can you load up a strike to do this? Destroy Vex Minotaurs in Artifact's Edge, the Hollows, the Glade of Echoes, Watcher's Grave to cl- calibrate the device further. Um, we should basically hope for another Spire event the one in I know the one in Exodus Black. Did it say the Tangle? Can we do it in the Tangle? Watcher's Grave Artifact's Edge, Hollows, Glade of of Echoes, and Watcher's Grave. There's Minotaurs that spawn sometimes in Artifact's Edge. I guess we could do that until we get a public event in black. Excess black. DJ Sticks, do you feel that a lot of the content seems missing to the average player because a good amount of the content is secret and ciphers? Right, like, that's why I said, that's why I said, like, update the UI every week to say... Gambit's dropping this. This planet's dropping that. You know what I mean? Blade of Echoes event should be a spire. Blade of Echoes event should be Aspire. Oh yeah, let's go check it out. Let's go see if it is. So yeah, I do think they could educate the players more about where loot is and how to get it. Last question from Roll Your D20 guys. Great Q&A today. It's pretty long. It was over two hours, I think. Lono, it seems like every time we get a DLC or old gear that we grinded, uh, the stuff we grinded for gets left behind, we grind to the level cap, level 50, and then our light level we grind for our gear becomes obsolete, do you think Bungie should start adding old NPC gear, I mean, yeah, I've I've outlined this idea today about slowly, um, we could do the start of inverted spire 10 times, oh, do you think that counts? Yeah, let's try that. Let's see if that works. Yeah, I like the idea of bringing the old gear forward. Now, you're saying it's obsolete. It's not obsolete. You could level up a Manananan right now. You could level up your Midnight Coup right now. uh, And they're perfectly perfectly fine weapons, right? They're not... um, they're, they're they're not obsolete. Now, are they weaker? Sure. You can't do mods? Yeah, but the lack of mods doesn't make Midnight Coup crap. It doesn't make the Manananan crap. They're still great weapons. Um, so, oh, there's no Warden of Nothing this week? I am sorry, folks. I've turned everybody on to the Warden's Law, and uh, you can't grind for it this week. Sorry. You can rejoin us, Milo. So, I love the idea of bringing weapons back on the planets and having them have the rework mods. Like, I really would love to get an old-fashioned. I really would love to get an old-fashioned. It kicked you, and it won't let you log in. Well, this only works with three people because if not, we're going to get somebody else in our strike with us. Um, I guess we'll just try it and see if it counts. So... All right, I'm going to keep grinding this so you guys don't go anywhere. Keep watching the stream. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. I stream 7 a.m. Eastern into the evenings around 5 p.m. Eastern. So I'm probably live right now while you're watching or listening to this. So come hang out with me. Uh, And as always, I appreciate you watching and listening to my content. Please like, share, and subscribe.